Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, February 27th. We are here live. We're going to open the phone lines right now. Today is a free-for-all. We have no guest. We have no themes. All up to you. And anything you want to talk about today, phone lines are open, so jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. I've got some odds and ends stuff I've been uh, collecting over the weekend. I'll go through some of that. If the calls start coming in, I'll get to the calls and I'll leave some of these for a commentary this week. A lot of stuff going on, obviously, in the world. Um, like I said, this odds and ends, I'm a little all over the board. I'm a, just going to jump in and start on some of these. I watched an interesting video today, a guy I started following on Twitter, and his whole thing is about water testing. I guess he, I, I'm still trying to find out what his history is, but it sounds like he went through some sort of these um, water quality issues that affected his health, and he became really interested in it and, and got very involved. But I watched something that made total sense to me. I've been watching this testing of the water in East Palestine, and you watch them go right to the edge, dip something right off the surface and test it, and say everything's fine. This guy has a totally different approach. He has this foam. It's called open cell foam. Still doing some research on this. But I guess the clear, clean water can flow right through this, but it attracts toxins and heavy metals. He, they're long strips of foam all tied in bundles. And then he takes a bundle and kind of puts it on fishing line or rope the way you would with, you know, bobbers and weights. And he'll have three different bunches of this foam, one near the surface, one deeper down, one still further down. And he throws it out into the middle of the river and it stays in there sometimes for 24 hours or more. And then he pulls it out, starts cutting some of these strips off sticks it in a jar, throws it back out there again, and then tracks each day what is going on in the testing. Isn't that the way we should be testing all of this water? As soon as I saw that, I thought, that just makes so much sense. And is this the way they get away with just saying, oh, no, look, see, we did a test, everything's fine. But if you think about it, that that water, it's not all exactly the same. Some of those metals will sink deeper down. Some will show up and then maybe you get some clear running. And so maybe we need to look at the way they're testing things. The calls are starting to come in. I'm going to get to them in just a second here. Here's something else I, I want to cover. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I may spend some more time on a recording. This idea of going back to 2020 and as soon as you tried to question any of their narratives, you were called a conspiracy theorist. You were likely, if you had any kind of a following at all, you were likely to be banned or censored on social media. Uh, certainly made it more likely that you might get canceled. And yet, let's look at how many of these things keep coming true. And they're proven now, really proven. Uh, masks don't work. Come on. There's so much evidence now. And look, I don't care if, if they do work. We should have never been forced to put them on. We should have never put them on children who weren't even getting sick from this. But if you said that, you were canceled, 
You were censored, you were criticized, you were called a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist. Of course masks work. Well, no, they really don't. And a lot of people said that right from the beginning. Um, How many others of these can we go through? Remember when the vax was 90 plus percent effective at spreading? And we said, oh, that's not true. And they said, of course it is. You're a conspiracy nut. Well, after a while, they had to admit it does absolutely nothing to stop the spread. And then they pivoted and said, oh, well, it'll keep you from getting very sick until vaccinated people started showing up in the emergency room. And they said, well, of course, there's more of them showing up because more people are vaccinated. I I get that. But you told us it would protect us from this. And then vaccinated people started dying at a higher rate than unvaccinated people did. And they said, well, of course, more vaccinated people are dying because more people are vaccinated. How ignorant. But the vaccine was supposed to stop all of that. And it didn't. And we now know that. How many other things? When we started talking about vaccine injuries, oh, no, that's not happening, even though the VAERS database proved without a doubt it was happening. Then they said, well, the VAERS database is garbage. Well, then why has the CDC been wasting all of our money for decades on this program that is now garbage? Nobody wants to address that. Uh, Now we hear over the weekend, why did they release this on Sunday? This is big news. The Department of Energy, the federal government now says, yeah, it's it's likely that the Wuhan virus escaped from a lab. They quietly say it on a Sunday. We've been saying that from the very beginning, that it should at least be investigated. And it hasn't. And it looks like that's absolutely going to turn out to be true again. How many of these things are we going to have to be right about? I don't even want to be right about this stuff. I don't want to have to say I told you so. But how can you keep ignoring this? Here's another big one. And this one, boy, you can really get attacked if you try to talk about this one. You've seen the latest with Fetterman, the um, the Pennsylvania senator, when the election was going on in the campaign and this this guy couldn't even communicate without a device. He thinks he hears voices that sound like the teacher on the Peanuts cartoon. Wah, 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 That's what he hears when people talk. And we said, look, we're not criticizing the guy for his health. He had a stroke during the campaign. He can't speak. He can't function. Maybe this isn't a good idea for two reasons. One, he's not competent to be a senator. Two, this isn't good for his health. But we were told to shut up. Stop discriminating against unhealthy people. Then he ends up in the hospital with who knows what the first time. Within a week, he's back in the hospital again. And they say they admitted him long term for severe depression. And nobody questions it. You can't talk about his health. Now, now the rumor is, and it, it of course, right now it's a conspiracy theory. We'll see if it comes true. I'll give you some anecdotal evidence. I follow John Fetterman and his wife on Twitter. He was pretty active tweeting up until he went in the hospital. If he's truly in there for depression, I think you might hear from him once in a while. I hear from somebody about what's going on. Now the theory is he's brain dead. Nobody's heard from him and they're hiding it because it would require a special election. And I guess there's some date that if they can get him passed, that won't happen. So I'm sure if you try to talk about that, you'll be called a 
conspiracy theorist, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. The, all, all of the, um, any time you try to say, no, look, they're, they're, uh, they're testing everything in East Palestine and everything's fine. If you try to push back against that, again, shut up, sit down. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a conspiracy nut. It's just, uh, just kind of crazy. Where's this all going? I don't know. Um, there's so much going on. They're, they're really um, in look. I'm not saying any of these things are absolutely true. All we've been asking is if they're not true, then just prove it. It's so easy. If we as citizens, taxpayers, especially people of Pennsylvania who are being represented by this guy, he is a public servant. Have they forgot that? He answers to us. The government is supposed to answer to us, not the other way around. This is the biggest problem we have in our country right now. Talk about all the issues going on. It all centers on one thing. The government has gotten to the point where they believe we answer to them. That's not how our government works. They are public servants. They answer to us. And we need to start pushing back on that and enforcing it. And not just a handful of people. Everybody has to. All they would have to do I mean, if this guy is alive and awake and not brain dead, just show us a short video. We're not trying to stress the guy out. 30 seconds. Hey, I'm John Fetterman here. Now, unfortunately, with today's technology, they could actually fake that, which is really uh, kind of making me a little crazy that we can't really believe anything we see with our own eyes anymore. Not unless we see it with our own eyes in real life. And how can we go do that? They can deep fake these videos now that that look so real. Um, it's really kind of scary. And now we throw in AI. Holy cow. All right. I should probably uh, get to some phone calls before I go too deep down some of these rabbit holes. But I do really think we have got to start talking a lot more about this. How many things can they be wrong about? Not only were they wrong, they punished people for questioning it. Just for questioning, you were punished and continue to be. This has got to stop, really does. And it's not going to stop until enough of us, all of us start pushing back. And I don't see enough people doing it at all. I, I, You know, I don't care if you don't have a lot of influence. You have influence. You have some. Start using it. Stop being afraid to speak up. That's the only way this is ever going to change. All right. I'm going to get to the phone calls. It's all up to you what we talk about today. I can go back to this stuff and talk all day long, but uh, I'd rather find out what's on your mind and answer some of your questions or... Uh, Find out what you want to talk about, what's important to you right now. Pick up the phone, 855-950-3835. We're going to get started in Kevin on the air. Nevada. Ron, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I just got done talking to Screener. I'll keep this a lot shorter, but there's a guy here in Nevada, uh, Wayne Allen Root. You've, you may have heard of him. He's, he's pretty popular national. Uh, broadcaster. Have you ever heard of him? You I've know heard, who I'm I, talking about? I've heard the name, but I haven't ever listened to any of his stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you, you, you might have heard the name. At one time, 
when Mitt Romney was running for president, he was the libertarian vice presidential candidate. Maybe that, and that's gosh. how he got started in politics. I'm sure that's where I remember then, his name from. Then, yeah. Okay. Okay. He does. He does three hours a day broadcasting. Uh, he's on the USA Radio Network, and he would he your story, Kevin, about how you started on XM and then you were on Sirius, and I I heard you tell a brief version of it, and then how you got canceled and how you're back on. Uh, the next Monday, right? <laughs> anyway, he would love to hear that story, and he would love to hear, you know, your opinion about vaccinations and all that, and why you got kicked off, because because uh, he 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 does that every day. I mean, he's the most. Well, he wrote a book uh, called "The Power of Relentless," and that's the way he is about the vaccine. He. Every day he's on there about it. Yeah, well, I'm going to go look but up that book. You have like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's uh, uh, Yeah, he's written like 16 books, I think he said. And uh, <clears throat> But what I, the, what I want you to know is, is the easy way to do it is, is you, can, you could contact him and tell him your story and see what he thinks. You, you'd have a... I, and because you have the potential to to be a regular because he likes to uh, talk about business and all that. And, and, and the trucking business is a biggie, especially in the coming, the coming days. Oh, I got to tell you, I got the book. The end of the world is just the beginning. Crazy, isn't it? You recommended that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just started it yesterday. I, I just got it yesterday. So I just started it. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to read it. You know, it's, here, it's, uh, here's the thing. I, I read the book. I don't even remember why I saw somebody recommend it, didn't know anything about the author. After I finished the book, I went back and researched the author. I disagree with almost every one of his political ideas. We're nowhere in alignment on political yeah. ideas, but I, I it was a hell of a book. Yeah, I know, because it's... You know, it comes to the point where uh, political ideas collide with reality. You yeah. Know? Hey, Ron, before I forget, like, before I forget, we get off track. I, thank you for this recommendation. One of the things we've been talking about here um, is whether it makes sense for me to start going on other podcasts and shows as a guest. You know, I really haven't done a lot of that Um just because I, we we do that here, we have guests, we're busy. It's you know, do I need one more project? But we're really starting to consider it. Um, I, I may, yeah. Uh, well, I, we're we're talking to the Stu Peters show. We may do something with that. Um, this sounds like a good one. I, I may just start doing more of this. So I, I'll let people know if you know of shows or podcasts that that may make sense for us. You know, forward them to us. I may start doing more of this. Yeah, I and uh, you know, uh, well, Wayne likes to hear those stories, and then he also likes to, he would let you plug plug everything you do, and it, especially the trucking stuff. You know, he he does the you know you know how the health stuff is. Okay, he he's a healthy guy, he preaches health and all that, 
everybody's got kind of a different approach to it. But, I mean, you know, I've been listening to you. you got the best approach to health, you know, totally simple. And uh, and I, I'm going to be there at the Rogue Food Conference and, and over there at Polyface Farms. Oh, good. Good. That'll be awesome. You know, yeah, speaking I'm of that, let's, there, right? uh, when is that? Uh, May 12th and 13th. No. No, I won't. There's no way I can travel. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah, I can't travel that far that time of the year. We love being here in the summer. This is you know, the garden. I'll be, you know, we're taking our last trip yeah. this week. So we, we've got a trip I'll leave on Friday. Oh, yeah. Probably be on the road for a week or two. Uh, we were actually going to stay out longer, take a vacation on the road, still do the show in that. Um, but I decided the show is in Southern California. We were thinking about maybe you know, doing something there, but the weather kind of sucks down there right now anyway, and it's not my favorite part of the country. So I think we're just going to go down, hit the show, make it back here, and then probably do kind of a mini vacation around here somewhere, maybe go over and spend a week or two on the coast. We'll still be doing the show, Um, may take a break from a lot of the other stuff, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, you know, here's the thing. If I travel now, and I know people may think this is kind of crazy, um, I've been flying most of my life. I mean, the first time I flew was when I joined the military. It's the first time I was ever on a plane. There was um, over a year where I flew almost every week of the year. Almost. It was pretty darn close. I did that for about a year and a half. A lot of flight miles. I used to kind of enjoy traveling on plane. It gave me time to read or work with no interruptions. I, I really didn't mind it at all. I'll tell you what, I don't want to get on a commercial plane anymore. If you've been watching the aviation news, it is horrendous. This isn't being talked about much. We have pilots who are so undertrained. It's horrible. We have a shortage of pilots. They have changed the um, physical requirements. They now allow heart issues, and we know that's a problem. We have pilots dying in the plane. We have planes running into each other on the runway pretty regularly now. I, I'm not flying anymore. Yeah. I'm done. I, I just decided I, I'm not flying now. I'm the same way. <laughs> I, I'm here in, in Vegas and, uh, I'm I'm gonna go to Polyface Farms, but I'm and uh, I'm just gonna rent a car and drive there and drive back. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's either the best labor. Yeah, I, I'm either taking the coach if we go, or I'll take a train. Well, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't even take a train now that we know we have a thousand derailments a year. What the hell am I thinking? Hey, <laughs> It, it, it's starting to look. Remember when we used to say that it's starting to get like Alice Shrugged? Yeah, yeah, With exactly. The and, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Hey, I, I can't wait. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to be there at Polyface. I, I, I was hoping you'd be there too, but I, uh, I'm going to be there. Here's what it's we're going to be good. You know, we kind of planned for this this year, and then we just got jammed up with a bunch of stuff going on, and we didn't plan enough in advance. Um, but, but going forward, we're probably going to take off out of here during the winter. Um, maybe right after the holidays and we, you know, if we were to take off in January, I don't really need to be back here till like 
right now, about the beginning of March. So we may start planning our years where we hit the yeah. road for a couple months in the wintertime and go do all this stuff. You know, go hit some of these conferences, go visit mm-hmm. some of our partners, go research new partners. Um, we used to do a lot more of that. I want to get back to that. So that may be how we, we figure yeah. it out. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I, uh, uh, I'm looking for a sponsor, too, for my project, uh, Chinatown Band. Okay, it's it's about God and music. Okay, and nothing else. That's interesting. Okay, it's it's totally focused on God and music. And when I say music, live music. Got it. And I'm you know, and uh, I'm going to see where it goes. It, it's uh, it, it's an idea for the 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 new future that's coming. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's it's going to be live music because people love live music. There's they something just don't know it. There's something really powerful about live music. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what that's what my thing's going to be be about. But uh, anyway, it's going to be at Polyface Farm. That's <laughs> that's what I'm going there. That's what I'm going there for. Warming up right now. Excellent. All right. Well, you can be our our official reporter for the event. Okay, I'll do that. There you go. uh, I'll see how it works out. Yeah, I'll do that. Good. Good. I look forward to it. Good talking to you. All right. Thanks, Ron. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go look up that book. Uh, Phone lines are open. Surprised they're quiet. Usually once we go to the calls, they start lighting up. So if you want to jump in, um, lines are wide open. 855-950-3835. It is a free-for-all today. Anything goes, anything at all you want to talk about, a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join us. Here's one. Um, you know, there have been an awful lot of people in the last couple of years that have kind of come to notoriety of some sort, people we may not have heard of otherwise, and it, it was kind of hard to keep up with them all. Like, you know, he talked about this guy was one of the libertarian candidates. And I knew I had heard the name. I didn't know he did a, a radio show or wrote a bunch of books. So I'd like to go follow him. There was another name I kept seeing and and wasn't really paying attention to who he was or what he did. Uh, and I was going through, um, I, I'm doing the, the Wim Hof training to become a, a certified Wim Hof trainer. The problem now is that in order to finish it, um, I have to go to a live event somewhere for the final part of the training. I really wanted to go to the Netherlands and do it. Um, I've actually got a friend here in town. He's a, He started doing a bunch of work for us. He's a master carpenter. Um, now he's become a friend. I'm He's keeping me supplied in duck eggs and he's from the Netherlands. And we actually talked about, you know, taking a trip, going over there, except I'm not flying. I'm just not doing it. Um, Call me what you want. I don't care. I've looked at the evidence. Doesn't make sense to me anymore. It's not that I'm afraid of flying. Like I said, I flew every week for over a year. Just not doing it anymore. Just doesn't make sense to me when you see how bad the standards have slipped in that industry. I'm just just not going to do it. So I don't know if I'll finish the certification. Occasionally, they run some live programs here in the U.S. And if I can do that, I, I will probably do that. Um, so I, I 
started following this guy because, well, I, I was curious about him. Like I said, I kept seeing his name, didn't really understand what he was doing. What turns out he really wrote a, a really, uh, what turned out to be a really popular book. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go get the title of it. Now, I haven't read it, and I'm not really sure if I'm I'm going to. Um, the reason being, uh, the book was a huge, huge bestseller, I believe, too. Um, it, it was called 12 Rules for Life. Let me go. I want to get some stats here that I wrote down on this. It was a number one international bestseller. Um, he's got 65,000 ratings on Amazon for this, and he has a solid five stars. And I thought, how did I miss this book? 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. And I thought, God, I don't know how I missed this. That's the kind of stuff I usually read. So I thought, oh, well, I'll listen to the podcast and then I'll go get the book. And and Wim Hoff was interviewing him in a podcast. It was a two-part I could not be less impressed with a human being than what I heard from this guy. He's Canadian, I believe. I'm not picking on the Canadians. I like him a lot. I don't get it. I I don't understand what I'm missing here. So let me just tell you, I haven't read the book yet. I, I may or may not, just because I have so many books to read. I listened to the interview. Here's what I heard. Here's what I heard in the interview. This was the core of the whole thing. Two parts. Listen to it all. First off, and again, I don't know anything about the guy at this point. I don't even know that he's written this book. I mean, I, I kept saying I want to go figure out who this guy is, and then I saw the interview with women. I thought, well, I'll listen to that. It's a good place to start. So what I hear is that he's he's a psychologist, I think. Um, so he's he's there helping people supposedly with things like depression. And, you know, mental illness and things like that. I find out that he's been on antidepressives for a couple of decades. He went also on anti-anxiety medication, and it wasn't SSRIs. It was benzodiazepines like Xanax. He was on those for extended periods, years. And the withdrawal trying to get off of benzos, I've heard that it can be worse than opioids. He claims that the withdrawals from the benzodiazepine Xanax were so horrendous, they did massive nerve damage to his body. Now, I'm not sure that that's even medically correct. I know they can do lots of damage. I've never heard of, of this type of nerve damage that he was describing. He might be right. I don't know. But he claimed that it was so bad that just recently, He was down to 5% function in life, like couldn't get out of bed, bedridden. And then he starts talking. Now, Wim is trying to work with him on this with breathing and cold exposure and all the things Wim Hof does. These two met in person at a conference. So now he has the opportunity to be personally trained by Wim Hof. And Wim starts saying, So, Jordan, how is the breathing going? Here was his response. Oh, 
oh, I found out that I have obstructive sleep apnea and now I have a breathing machine and it's amazing. It's got me to 50% function now and I'm fighting back from that. And Wim says, well, are you doing the breathing and the cold exposure? And he said, well, you know, after we left together, I, I did it for a couple of weeks and then I quit and now I'm doing it again. And Wim says, well, are you feeling better? And he says, well, you know, my breathing machine really, he would never really admit that he was benefiting at all from what Wim was doing. He wanted to talk about his breathing machine. The longer this went on, the more I thought, this guy's a freaking train wreck. Who the hell wants to read 12 rules for life from this guy? All I heard, honestly, was he's sick. He's a victim. I, I don't get it. I really don't. If anybody has read the book, or if anybody knows more about this, I, I'm not sure that I want to even go do any more digging. I, I'm just not impressed at all. I'm just kind of baffled. So if anybody knows anything about this guy, call me. Tell me what I might be missing here. 65,000 ratings and to have a full five stars? That's impressive. Really impressive. One of the things that I do when I go look at book reviews If this book has a five-star rating with 65,000 total ratings, I'm not reading the five stars. I'm not reading the four stars. I'm not reading the three stars. I will read the one and two-star ratings. And honestly, by reading those, they all kind of agreed with what I just said. Like, this guy wrote a bunch of crap that sounds really good, I guess, to people, but in reality... It, it it sounds like a load of shit, really. I, again, I'm I'm wide open to hearing how I might be wrong on this because I'm wondering how I could be so wrong. But I, I really, I just don't get it. So I'd love to hear from somebody, maybe some of my uh, Canadian friends up north. If you know more about this guy, let me know. What am I missing here? Um, let's get to some calls. They're starting to come in. We'll head off to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Well, I I actually do know uh, quite a bit about Jordan Peterson. What am I missing? I did read that book, and I read and I read the adjacent book. Okay, so you're right. It it is for for guys that are are our age. It's not really a book, and he's not really a guy for us. It's it's he really resonates with the with the young men and giving them a, a firm direction that other people are not. So, so, but, so, so stop, stop there a second because that helps, yep. but I, I want to kind of walk through this as I'm thinking about it, that I, I get that they, each generation is different, uh, think yep. different things are important to them. I get all that, but how can you write a book to tell somebody how to live when your whole life looks like a train wreck? Well, you know, it, this, he really got notoriety um, really with the pushback of language. He was a Toronto professor uh, of psychology. He had a, a private practice of, of psychology, and he did help people. But, you know, people in today, and, and that's how he got notoriety. He wrote this book because he felt he saw that the young, the young men in this generation don't have direction. They are being uh, targeted toxic toxic masculinity and all that other stuff so he wrote this book i think specifically for them so let me um, let me question that again 
Actually, he, but actually, he, he actually changed a lot of the things you were saying. Now, I don't know how he is now. I really, I watched some videos here and there, but I don't really follow him like I, like I used to. I, I bought the book to read, actually, to try to help my son through some issues, and it's sitting on my desk for him to actually pick up whenever he wants. But, um, but he, his daughter had some kind of debilitating. A muscle disorder, I believe, and she fixed herself with a carnivore ketoish diet, so, and he actually fixed a lot of his anxiety that way because well, he demanded him to do this. So I don't know when he did this interview with Wim. It just oh. recently. That's okay. what I don't get. Okay. It's just well, recently. Yeah, if this guy, if this guy wrote books like you shouldn't listen to this or get sucked into this, he he got sucked into his own profession. He's a psychologist and he's on antidepressives and anti-anxiety to the point that they destroyed his health. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, I don't follow him. He's not one of the guys that followed. I kind of unless it was a deep fake. I, I heard him claim all these things in his own voice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, again, I don't know. I don't really follow him as much as I used to. But and he's, you, I do you know that you, you should hear him talk about his magical breathing machine for sleep apnea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, the last I followed him was probably a little over a year ago. And that's when, go, uh, do you have the Wim Hof app? Going through his, I do. It's on there. I do. It's on there. Just he's got a okay. podcast he does with his son. There's only about ten episodes, so I think it's pretty recent. I didn't look at the dates. Maybe I should. Maybe I'm assuming it was recent, but it sounded like it. You know, based on current events and what right. they were saying. And I think Wim Hof's podcast is new. And these two episodes are the the. I think they're the newest of his of his stuff. I guess I should have checked the date to be sure. So if somebody wants to check the date and let yeah. me know, but it, it, it anybody who has the Wim Hof app, you can go in the app, find the podcast and listen to it. It's right there, two parts. And he's huh? actually well, I'm gonna, in I'm going to look at He's that. actually in the Netherlands with Wim at his home. Okay. Okay. Cuz I mean, I he's very he's a very skilled debater on 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 the social issues the yeah you know, the 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 misuse of language and the forcefulness of the left coming coming at us uh, for everyone even including their own um, so I mean I I do think he has some some good things to bring to the table I don't know about this last this last I don't know where what he's been doing in the past six eight months maybe I really haven't you know a lot of the stuff I see when I'm googling YouTube or whatever is kind of older stuff. So, so here, here's again kind of my take as I scrolled through the, the 12 rules and the things he believes in and some of the stuff I saw him post. I, I don't disagree with him. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I, I think a lot of this is actually good information. There's a lot of stuff I agree with. What I'm wondering is how do you write a book this good and your whole life's a train wreck? Do, do you not take your own <laughs> advice? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, um, yeah, he had, he had a lot of issues, uh, a lot, you know, he had a lot of issues, uh, personal struggles that I know he's even, you know, put out there, but I thought he fixed a lot of that with his diet. Um, believe it or not, like, like, like I just finished brain energy, which was an unbelievable book. So here's something else. Um, I think during the interview, they much might've touched a little bit on diet. Um, I would not take diet advice from Wim Hof, right? That's not no. his specialty. I, he's, 
He claims that he's a, a vegan or vegetarian. He only eats about once a day. Food is not an issue for him. It, he has so much other personal discipline that he can probably get away with that kind of a diet and still be relatively healthy because of all the other stuff that he's he's so strong. You know, he's he's been doing this stuff for yeah. decades, but I wouldn't take nutritional advice from him. I lose you. Now you're there. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I, you said you wouldn't take nutritional advice from, but I, I love that, that last thing. Yeah. No, that's all I said. Then I stopped, I know I stopped kind of abrupt there, but we, a couple of okay. calls dropped okay. off. Okay. Yeah. I mean, distracted. Yeah. I, Okay. You know, I, I, I can follow people and take advice from people that I don't agree with on a lot of things. If I, I don't have to agree right. with everybody to know they're really good at this and I can take their advice. But I have a hard time taking advice from anybody whose life seems to be a total disaster, you know, around their mental health. And that's what he does. That just seems bizarre to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's clinically practicing anymore. Um, not that may, that that makes really makes a difference in the conversation we're having, but um, you know, I know I don't like I said. I believe it's it's a great book for any young male adult. I think uh, from adolescence to maybe early twenties, I think they can get a lot of things that they're lacking today. And yeah, you know, we've had certain conversations over this over the last, you know, couple of years about, uh, about how, uh, they're demonized and, oh, no, and no. how they're, yeah. you know, I, I say, I feel that we, we should be raising up all of our youths, women and men together, you know, ra- ra- rising them up and, and, and trying to make them prosper and, and, uh, you know, absolutely. To life. absolutely. And, and right now, and right now everything is geared towards women, which, I'm okay with gearing things towards women, but we have to help the population. Men and women need each other to survive and sustain the culture and sustain life and, and to keep this, this earth spinning around, you know? So, uh, you know, weak men don't help our situation. No, not at all. Uh, that you know, if you start to look at the big picture and you try to put it all together, what were the lockdowns, the vaccines, the masks all about? Are they about control? If they're about control, then you have to figure out how to eliminate the alpha males. Yes, because if yes. you don't do that, you you won't be yeah, able to control the population. Now, uh, it, it's actually doing- kind of interesting to see. Um, Again, it's Twitter has really opened my eyes about a lot of things. I'm, I'm really glad Elon spent uh, a couple bucks to buy the place. Um, what I'm actually seeing are a ton more alpha females, which is fine. I don't care. Anybody step up and lead. Yeah. But I, I think that's that's happening because men are just afraid. Yeah. They're just they're yeah, they're defeated and afraid. Yeah. I, you know. I, I see it in my own son and, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I wish he was more alpha, alpha male-ish, you know, but he's definitely, you know, recessed about a few things. You know, he's been coming, he's been getting a little more confident in himself. He's doing excellent at his job, but, Good. you know, I just, at a, just at a, at a small microcosm, I could see it in him and, yeah. and his friends, you know, I mean, the, the, it's just, it's really insane um, how this is. Yeah, it is. Know? 
Yeah. But um, maybe maybe you know, I'll get it on audio and on this trip I'll see if I have some time to, you know, listen to some of it. I've got some other audio books I wanted to read on this trip, but I I'm just I'm curious now. Yeah, I I got it like I said, I got it to give me a little more education and and ammunition in trying to help him assimilate to to being a, an adult, you know, and um, I thought it was very informative. I, you know, like I said, like you said, they, they, there's really not much I disagree with um, on in the book. And I got the second, the second one. I really didn't. It really didn't. Um, really didn't expand as much as I thought it might. He has two books. You know, twelve more. Re, yeah, twelve more rules. Um, it, it was good. It was okay. I mean, again, it, for me. It didn't really help me because I kind of know everything he's preaching and and writing about and subscribe to most of it, you know. But it's definitely a good tool to help a younger a younger uh, the younger generation, I believe. Well, all right, appreciate the feedback. I'm still a little confused. Yeah, but one of the reasons I called was my numbers. Now I've been I've been working out hard. I've been doing a lot of yard work, uh, not yard work like you do with the gardening. I'm not doing anything like that but yeah. you know getting the yard ready for yeah you know texas is, you know the, the winter's over we had the three weeks of right now it's over that's right <laughs> so i've been doing a lot of stuff around the house and stuff like that and also working out and breathing and and uh, and i still can't get my 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 body battery back over 40 maybe a little bit over 40 but not much over 40 um now my i haven't done anything as far as i think my carbon take might be a little too much but I haven't. I don't know if that would do anything for for my uh, getting my body battery back. No, um, really won't. Um, right. The body battery to me is is kind of interesting. I, I'm not sure how. I, I'm still not really clear on how useful that is. If it's as useful as I thought it was at one time. Because when I really work hard, I can get mine to 100. But I have to do a lot. Um, I have to work out at the right times and then rest at the right times and, you know, really work to get a solid night's sleep, which I'm I'm back to improving my sleep. It's gotten significantly better now that I stopped biohacking some of that other stuff and I'm focusing on it again. And yet my body battery hasn't been over 75 and I don't even get 75 all that often in probably two months. Uh, Most days it's around 40 or 50 when I wake up. And yet I, now that my sleep has improved a little bit, I am more consistent with my um, stress protocol. I've been, been on that again, more consistently, um, taking the adaptogens. I feel fantastic. I, all my, the, the muscle pain I was talking about went away. I cut out a little more sugar that was kind of creeping back in. And, um, cause I was kind of doing the carnivore with fruit and honey. And I think I got a little too much and I was getting some muscle soreness. That's all gone. I, I feel fantastic again. And, I'm not getting tons of sleep, five and a half or six hours a night, but it, it's better than it's been in a long time. And I feel really good, but I, I can't get my body battery back to 100 unless I spend about two or three days focusing on it. And then honestly, yeah, when I get I, there, I, I don't feel that much better. Right. 
Right, right. Well, I don't feel overly tired, that's for sure. I mean, I do. I have enough energy to do everything I need to do throughout the day. I mean, I purposely, I had some things I could have done today with the with the truck, but I purposely took off to do my to do my protocol against three days in a row in. Good. So I wanted to Good. get that out of the way this way. Tomorrow, I, mean, I have tomorrow off as well, so I had both days to play with. Um, now, what, let me go I back a I second. Didn't. What? What's going hap- what's yeah. happening again with my sleep, which has been a pretty clear pattern every time I go back and forth on all this stuff. Uh, my sleep is getting better and it's getting shorter. <laughs> so I, 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 it's a much shorter window. So I'm getting about the same amount of sleep in a much shorter window. Before I'd have to be in bed for eight hours to get five hours of reasonably good sleep. Now I'm in bed six hours and getting five hours of really good sleep, good deep sleep, good REM, but it gets shorter because my energy levels start shooting up when I do this. Last night, about mm. 10 o'clock at night, I was thinking about going out and to shovel in the driveway because it started snowing again last night, But and I had the energy. And, and I the last thing I wanted to do is lay down and go to bed. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, over the weekend, I had one solid eight and a half hours of sleep. And I think I got maybe to the mid forties on the body battery, but you know, I've noticed my stress has been a little higher again overnight. And I, I really can't figure out why. Um, I did eat terrible on Saturday. She got some stuff around the corner and I said, ah, you know, pick me up something. I should have just ate what I, what I planned on eating. And it really kind of, I don't know if their oil was just older, but it just kind of, it didn't do justice for me. Um, it, it was, it was Mexican food. It was not, not even Mexican food. It was a burrito place. Like, oh yeah. I got some. Yeah. I mean, so I think their oils were bad uh, or, or going bad. <laughs> no, I, no, I can it, promise it, you their oils are bad. They always are when they're brand new. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. Well, no, I don't mean it like that. I meant I meant older. I know I know what I'm in for when I go to these. Yeah. I know they yeah. don't use any quality oil. I'm just saying as far as I think that, you know, I, I, I notice now these places because of inflation, they're they're cutting back on their product and they're yep. stretching everything else. And it's really it's going to be devastating. And, that, and that's another thing I want to, to touch base on uh, up until up until about a month ago, I felt that. You know, I was kind of in the camp that I think the second half of the year we were going to start at least seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. I'm no longer in that. And I just wanted to put it out there. I think everyone should be very careful on their spending right now. And you've been I saying agree. this for a while, and I, I have been, and I have been, but I really feel that we're going to have, I think, until the middle of next year before we see any kind of um, – any kind of uh, changes in a positive direction. I don't, I may, I, I I'm, not, I'm not an economist, but no, I, do, I, I, I do play one on TV sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then you throw in all the unknowns. What the hell's going on with Russia and Ukraine? What the hell's going on with China? What's going on with spy balloons? What's going on with train crashes and, and pollution and, and, you know, chemical disasters and the Southern border and, my God, I could go on and on. And, and with all that happening, how could anybody accurately predict anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just, yeah, that there's a big, there's a big thing there. I, I just feel that if this divided government, divided government doesn't work like we hope it does and stop this, this, uh, this fiscal spending, this, 
you know, get a little more fiscal responsibility and shut some of the stuff, the spending down. I think we're maybe in for the eight years of Obama where we had a lot of roller coaster. Or worse. You know, where where we'll 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 start growing, I think, in a year, a little over a year, but I think we'll have a roller coaster of an economy. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Let let's think about all those things I just talked about, all the problems that, you know, are going wrong, crime. We could keep listing them and listing them. And they're unknowns. Yeah. So it makes it hard to predict any one of those things could could flare up or explode and really become a problem. The only one of them that would actually be good for our economy is the one I absolutely don't want to see. And that's us going to war somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah. And this is this is definitely uh, I think this is just being pushed by the military industrial complex and everybody else is getting paid by them. Um, this has been, this has been something that's been, that they've been trying to do, I think, since the middle of Obama's term, when they, when they, uh, threw out the duly elected president of Ukraine and put this guy in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the problem is most people don't know the history of Ukraine. Most people don't know the history of Zelensky. And all they know is what they saw at the very beginning. Here's what I'm wondering. Do you remember at the very beginning, every time we saw him, he was in combat gear hiding somewhere because they were trying to assassinate him. Why did that go away? Why does he just wander around the streets now whenever he feels like it? You know, Kevin, I... It's hard. It's hard to to be that tinfoil hat guy, but I don't know. I I think this is there's a lot more background stuff going on here. I watched a lieutenant colonel over the weekend who was talking about how they've been provoking Russia, and Russia came into Ukraine to help the Russian-speaking eastern part of Ukraine. And that's how this whole thing started with the Donbass region. Now, I don't know anything about Ukraine. I, I never even saw it on the map. I'm just, you know, these are guys who live, breathe, and eat military. And he was given a history lesson in the, the three or four minutes he was on the show. And, you know, it just, it, it makes you wonder, you know, maybe there's other other forces here just so they can, you know, and then you hear, how Ukrainian oligarchs had billions of dollars tied up in the SPF, Sam Bankman, you know, the FTX right. scandal. Right. You know, I mean, you hear all of this, these, these different, from different outlets, and you have to sit back and say, really, how corrupt are these people? Yeah. Yeah. I, so here, let's jump over to another topic. Um <laughs> I'm kind of sick about the fact that we're already talking about presidential elections again. It's like we never, ever stop talking about elections anymore. Um, But if they're going to talk about it, I I at least want to find something interesting. I don't know if you've seen any of this or not yet, but do you want to take a guess who I think the most interesting person who has announced a run for president so far is? Vivek Ramaswamy. Isn't that a cool name for a superhero? (laughs) (laughs) i posted something on the tribe a half an hour speech he gave at hillsdale college this guy is sharp as nails i love this guy this yeah 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 you know he he started a uh uh a fund a hedge fund 
to push back on guys like um, BlackRock, right. uh, Larry Fink. Right. And, you know, I think I think he's doing excellent with it. I mean, he, you know, he's re- it's really blown up. It's called Strive. It's not, not expensive to buy a few shares if people want to do that. Um, but, you know, he, he wants to be a, uh, what they call a hostile investor for the, for the benefit of the shareholders, not for the, not for the ESG and, and the equity and all the other crap that these investment funds are starting to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Exxon and Chevron should do it there. What they're, what they're meant to do is drill and find energy, fossil fuel energy, you know, and, and that's what he's trying to do. And now this whole thing, his message right now, I think is, is a great message. Will it get any traction because you have the two party system and the, and the bureaucratic and the, and everyone that's, that's in the tank here, kind of what happened when Trump got elected, he had no, no power because everyone kind of undermined him. So, you know, I love the part where he wants to kind of gut, cut the head off the snake and gut all of these departments of all the people that are that are useless, like the Fauci's and stuff like I, that. I loved so. his post today, and I don't know when he did it. I just happened to see it today about eliminating a bunch of alphabet soup in the government. I've been saying that for years. Yep. We do not need a federal yep. department of education. That's the first one to go. The EPA is a disaster. Yep. It should be disbanded and we should start over. I, I'm okay with having a federal agency that oversees that kind of stuff. But the EPA is a train wreck in itself. It's got to go. And and that's his one of his top priorities is eliminating these government agencies that they now use to control us. We don't get to vote for yeah. those people. They should not have this kind of power. Well, that's his biggest. That's his biggest. Uh, it should be. That's now. why it's, I like this guy. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's It's like we want. I want to. Sh- I want the people that we elect to run the government, not the bureaucrats. Correct, and and that's what's got to go. Um, I, I, I don't yeah. even know that I heard Trump say that much. No, no, I, I do. I have read something. I don't know where it is. If I could find it, I'll definitely forward it to you. Well, I heard. I saw an interview with uh, General Mike Flynn, who was uh, lambasted and kind of uh, just. They just made they, they just sued him and and investigated him and they they bro- they broke the guy. Um, his plan, from what he says, and I don't think he's a liar. Guy's been around the military uh, intel and the, the the private intel sector for thirty some odd years. Him, he had a plan with Donald Trump to uh, take the intelligence, the whole intelligence apparatus, back to world pre World War II levels. That's another good move. And that's why I and that's why I believe he was so, he was uh, crushed. I'm going to I'm going to make a prediction. For the most part, Vivek has been flying under the radar kind of. A lot of people don't know who he is. They haven't heard of him. Um that's changed now obviously he announced he is running for president. I actually found that a little shocking, but I I love the fact that he is. Here's my prediction. He we are going to find out that he's probably well, it won't be true, but we're probably going to find out something like he's a child molester. He's got some, you know, huge corruption scandal in his back. They're going to come after him. 
I, I think he's too impressive oh, for yeah. them not to go after him. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely put a target on his back when he announced the other night. Yeah, which is what we, we all have to be willing to do in our own little way. I don't mean we you know all have to go run for president. We, we all have to be willing to stand up right. and, and say, I've got a target on my head, and that's just the way it's going to have to be. It, we have to fight back over this. Well, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears real quick. Don't you pull a tanker? Yeah. Or did you at one time? Yes, I do. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, um, I do. I do, yeah. Are you familiar with hazmat in tankers? Much of it, rates and that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing hazmat since uh, 1989 on and off. Yep. So, so I posted today, there, uh, there's a report that um, we have 25% too much capacity in the over-the-road market right now, which I'm trying to warn people. Okay. That's big, big if there's right. 25% too much capacity, we're going to see a huge shakeout coming. So I ask people, owner operators, how are you doing? Do you think you're going to survive this? Have things changed a lot? Here's one of the first replies I got. Uh, my question was, are you going to survive? This owner operator says, I don't see how. Linden Bulk is advertising 274 a loaded mile right now for hazmat but actually only pays $1.37 a mile. I'm losing my butt since starting there a month ago. Is that for real? Well, you know, I don't think so because I know I know a lot of the bigger carriers. I'm actually friends with a couple of owners and uh, prior owners. Um, and I know that um, uh, at one company who has 300 of their own, their own power units, about, about 2,000 trailers, and they have a multitude of owner-operator, lease operators onto them. Their um, their their company guys, their company guys um, are making a buck a mile. Their company guys are making a buck a mile. Their owner-operators with the fuel surcharge are averaging about two forty a running mile. Okay, and that's well, a lease operator. The, I, and, they, and they and they take care of they take care of all the expenses. The only thing the guy the guys have to do is their maintenance, their fuel, and their tags. Well, here's, they, they cover the IFTA. They cover all the insurances. Oh, yeah, and if you go with the, 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 the Bobtail insurance through them, it's only about $75 a month. I was there. I know, I know their, their, their whole setup. Well, and I don't mean to just criticize people over this kind of stuff, but there's something else that's telling here for me. Um, it's his final sentence, losing my butts and starting there a month ago. And he, now he doesn't think he can even stay in business. Uh, look, you, you have to be, and it's not like he hasn't worked in a month. He's working. Yeah. And if, if you, yeah. if your business can go south that fast in a month, then why are you still there right. then? But, but so. Well, that's the thing, you know, right. people, people now, want to cry and blame everybody around them. I know. Here, here's another reply that I don't even understand. Was doing great. This is a whole different person, by the way, was doing great and set up for the downturn but not having a working CPC for four months put me into a company truck. What is a working CPC? I'm racking my brain. I can't figure out what the I hell that no is. No idea. Maybe it's a computer in the truck. I, I don't know. I've never heard that those letters. To, Maybe you meant CPU. Maybe you meant CPU. Uh, the U is nowhere near the C on the keyboard, so it wasn't a keyboard. No, I, I know. Right. I know. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, don't either. understand that either. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, now being on the other side, because I, I'm running my own authority and I'm in the tank world, 
I have seen, I have talked to brokers, had a nice conversation actually Saturday morning, this young kid um, in, a, in a fairly good sized broker. He's always emailing me. He actually had a nice conversation with him Saturday morning of all, of all places. And he said that uh, there are some of these bigger companies coming into these skippers and giving them deals, you know, like, you know, four to five dollars a running mile, I guess, but they have fuel surcharges and everything else involved in that. Um, which, you know, brings you down to $2 a round trip if you're, cause a lot of tank work is, is that, that's, is, that's know, what I'm wondering, right? It's 50, 50, a lot of times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, and I, and I, I, I have it on both ends of the spectrum. When people call me for quotes, I give them quotes and they're like, Oh, we're looking for this. And I'm like, man, I, I can, I see flatbed work on the board for that. I'm saying to myself, yeah, I don't, right. I don't go back at these people because listen, it's, it's, it's what the shippers, it's a shippers market. I am, I am grateful for the, the little niche that I've kind of found here. That's why I, I have a lot more time on my hands because there's a lot of work out there. I just don't want to try to do or get involved in. And sometimes it's logistics for me because I have certain loads already for next month already on the books. I can't take a load that comes up that, that takes me past that, you know, past that date. So Sometimes being a one a one truck guy, it hurts me because I'm trying to build this little niche I found and trying to build it into something a little more, you know, a little more because there is more work there. I'm trying to get a handle on. So I'm sacrificing on one hand and I'm losing and I'm, I'm gaining on another hand. Hopefully, you, you know, you, right. you can understand. Yeah, sure. absolutely. You know, but but I I do and but again then then there's other places I put out rates and they're like, Oh great. Yeah. Come do the work. And I, again, I, I can do it. And so, you know, I don't, it, it's, it's, we're in such a, a unique atmosphere right now because of the transitioning between a, you know, a carrier system to a skipper, to a shipper system with, you know, and I, I tried to talk to a guy who said, you know, we don't have to give back everything that we've gained over the last two and a half years. You know, yeah, we have to we have to kind of come back to a reasonable rate to, to ship stuff with, but we don't have to go back to 2018 rates either. Yeah, so I, it's, um, I think people are having a hard time with that as well. Yeah, I think so. Hey, uh, Fred, the calls are starting to pile up. Great stuff. I'll uh, talk to you again real soon. We're going to head off north of the border. Ron, welcome to the program. Morning. What's on your mind today? It's uh, that time of year again. Uh, it's that time of year again. I got emails saying my dog is up for his vaccination. Uh, yeah, I've stopped well, doing all of that. Yeah. I'm not doing it Last anymore. year I was told, oh, he needed, I got, last year I was told, oh, he needs the Bordetella, it's the kennel cough one. And then a, a month later he ends up getting kennel cough. <laughs> You know, I think back to, I've always had dogs. I grew up with dogs, um, had a dog the whole time I was growing up, I didn't have a dog for a couple of years while I was in the army, then actually moved off post. And as soon as I did, I got a dog. Um, I remember clearly our dog, any of the dogs I had growing up, I didn't even know what a vet was. We never took a dog to a vet that I can recall. I, you know, I don't remember any getting injured. I, I think then if something drastic would have happened, we would have taken them. But 
no vet visits, no vaccinations, no nothing. And they were fine. I mean, they lived the, you know, the normal lifespan for their breed and they were healthy and they were just fine. That's what my dad said about the farm dogs back in the day. Well, and the farm dogs would have been even better off. Uh, Although, honestly, now I just thought about this. I was thinking that, you know, today my dog should be far healthier because I feed him so much better. But honestly, I don't. We never bought dog food. The only thing our dog really ate was meat that we were eating. I mean, we didn't give it junk food or potatoes or, you know, carrots or whatever. Some people feed their dogs. Um, It got like lunch meat. My mom would cook liver. If we had chicken that night, the dog got chicken. I mean, the dog just ate whatever protein we ate. Now I think about that. That's how dogs should live. Yeah. Dogs aren't vegetarians or omnivores. I mean, we even... I even hear vets say dogs are omnivores and cats are true carnivores. And I wonder, where does that come from? Dogs are carnivores, aren't they? Wolves are certainly carnivores and all dogs are descended from wolves. Why do we think dogs should be eating vegetables? Yeah, a couple of years ago, they had the one report that said something about uh, if they went grain free, that would make them sick. Like they needed to have this grain or something. So how did they ever get that in the wild? Exactly. You can't eat grains. They have to be processed. Yeah, I never seen one in the field chew stock of wheat. No, never. No. So they're carnivores. I don't I don't know where this whole idea that dogs are somehow omnivores came around. Now, I, I will say that occasionally my dog loves to eat berries right off the bush. I don't think that makes him a non carnivore though. Yeah. The one good thing that vets do have if your dog is sick, they do ask you what you're feeding them. And that's something their traditional human doctors don't do. I, that's right. Although if you then question them further about what the dog should be eating, you might be shocked by their answer. Yeah, just like in certain crowds, you just don't mention keto or carnivore or paleo. Just not worth the, not worth the fight. Hey, somebody, oh, I've got, uh, I've got somebody coming up on the next call that's going to tell us what a CPC is. wonder why I never heard this term. All right. Anything else on your mind today? No, I'm good. Thanks very much. Thanks, Ron. Let's, uh, let's move along. Roger's going to tell us. Roger, welcome. You have heard of the CPC before they were, maybe are, they're being stolen from some slightly older freeliners. Central powertrain controller. So I've talked about that issue several times that this particular part keeps getting stolen because you can't get them anywhere. I don't remember those letters, though. Maybe I just blanked out on it. I, I, I've, I've talked about the story three or four and, times in the last two months. And I'm driving a basically brand new Freightliner, so it's not the one that they're stealing, but I'm getting messages. Um, so this truck has been back to the dealership for about a week at a time, four times, yeah, four times over the last two or three months. Now, I, I will say that if you have a truck down for four months over a part, that will put people out of business. Yeah, I don't know how my boss can do it. I'm, I'm just a company driver. He made $200,000 for these trucks, and this one, you know, is just is not making him enough money. 
It's not making enough, enough money if it was a hundred thousand dollar truck. Ah, unbelievable. I, I think we're in for some really tough times in the owner-operator world. And at one point in time, I probably could have done that. I'm just lazy, and uh, my goal in life is to spoil my granddaughters. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. Here's what here's what I would recommend to people if they're in the position to be able to do this. And And this is just one of those things that I would do. If I were an owner-operator today dependent on that income, and I had a newer truck, I would be out buying a five to $10,000 truck, even if it was an old mechanical truck. And I, you know, park it and start to put a little money into it when I had it and get it road ready. And if I needed to, that's what I'd be pulling freight with. Yeah. And then if you start making a bunch of money with it, you might sell your new one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, you know, I would prefer to go back to late nineties electronic engines before emissions. That's kind of the sweet spot for me. But if those trucks were still too expensive and most of them are, in my opinion, they're going to come down a lot more. I would consider going older and going back to mechanical for a while. Sure. My history, not a whole lot of difference, but um, I worked on cars, actually started in a, in a professional shop at 12 years old. Worked on cars, which my colleagues got my accounting degree back when personal computers were barely a thing. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, right. And um, then I got into the fire service. Well, I was in, I was a volunteer firefighter, but I got on the paint department um, and got out of that. Now I've been driving a truck. I was on a department that was more than just a little rope. I was disciplined for saying Merry Christmas. Well, it sounds like you've had lots of interesting experience. Yes, thank you. Good stuff. Let's, uh, let's continue on. Calls are coming in. We've got some lines open if you want to join us. It's a free-for-all. You can talk about anything you want. One of the other topics I might come back to if anybody's heard of this or interested. You know, there seem to be all kinds of weird topics in the last couple of years that just I read a lot I read a lot of news. I read a lot of current events. I read magazines. I read books. I, 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 it's what I do almost all day long. I'm surrounded by information all day long. And yet these things pop up out of nowhere and they're not just an idea. It's like somebody has been working on this stuff extensively and then all of a sudden it's just there. Um, Things like um, CRT, critical race theory. Where the hell did that come from? It never come across it. And all of a sudden we find out it's in our universities, it's in our schools, it's in our, our businesses, our big corporations, this whole equity thing. The first time I heard equity, all I could think of was equity in an asset that I have, equity in my home, equity in my business. I, I didn't know equity was some social justice term. And as soon as I understood what it meant, I was completely against it. It's not equality. It's the exact opposite. It's pure discrimination. And we could call it reverse discrimination if you want. But where did it come from? How did I miss this? How did they hide this for so long? And I could go through all kinds of these topics. The the whole trans movement, where did that come from? But here's another one. 15-minute cities? We already have a, a mayor in Cleveland saying he wants to have the first 15-minute city in the country. Has anybody seen this? Uh, the, the little bit of research I've done on him so far, 
let them start all the damn 15-minute cities they want. And anybody that wants to go there and live, knock yourself out. I'm going to go out in the country and create my 15-minute compound. That sounds a whole lot better to me. But where did this whole 15-minute city thing come from? And it seems like it's a totally complete idea, like they've been working on it for about a decade. How do we not know this stuff? It's not like I walk around with my head in the sand, and yet I didn't didn't see any of this stuff coming. Let's go to New Jersey. Kim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. 15-minute cities are, it sounds like they're up in Canada, too. Winnipeg. What, what the hell is that? Where did this come from? Well, they're all, well, have, I know that you don't watch many movies, but what they're doing is bringing into the, bringing into our world the Hunger Games. We're only going to be allowed to stay in this region. This is our area. Oh, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> that ain't happening. I can promise you that. They will hunt me down and kill me before that happens. Yeah, well, that's, that's something that they do on the Hunger Games. Yeah, I don't know. The the pool and uh, you get to go. Hunt the yeah. other regional people. Well, they they can, they can come try to find me on my fifteen minute compound. That's it. Hey, on that. Oh, yeah, no, it's all another thing. It's not a gun show. Well, <laughs> it can this, be if uh, you want it to be. Gauge. Well, no, there's this. Well, there's this twelve gauge that I came across at a show over the weekend. It's really not what I called about a KSG twelve. Are you familiar with that? I've got a KSG. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... So mine's not I, the 12, though. Mine's... Oh, shoot. What is mine? Well, 12 gauge. Oh, yeah. It's a 12 gauge. It's uh, depending on the... If you're using two and three quarter or three inch shells, you can get like 17 rounds into this thing. It's got two feed chambers and you, yeah. you flip a switch and you shoot the other side. So you got like 14 rounds maybe of three inch or and 16 or 17 of yeah, two and three quarters. And and it's a short together one one chambered almost pistol like, um, you know, real short. It's weird the way it's built too. They're able to make it really short without without um, the barrel length being in your price toy. It does, except it's heavy, really heavy. And I've I've fired a lot of twelve gauges over the years. This thing will tear you up. It's got one of the and. I, I use like three inch, you know, goose shot in it. But with those shells, this thing will tear you up. The kick on it is horrendous. Well, the more that I'm learning, you know, that the way the world is going, the more into weapons that, I, you know, I've hunted my whole life, Michigan, deer, uh, different birds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is personal protection. Oh, and I'm looking at this buckshot. It's going to be one shot is worth what? Nine nine millimeter shots right the, I, if you know you see the people climbing on trucks doing that kind of thing yep this i don't know you know my, this change, is, my, my thought is changing you know i i really yeah absolutely i really like my judge for kind of home protection you know the, yeah, the 410 four, 45 410 or pistol. 410 right i can shoot 410 shotgun shells out of a pistol and they make something for that gun called home defense rounds and they're they've got a 
four BBs and then a silver plated disc and then four BBs and another disc and more BBs and another disc. And you shoot one of those things at a target and it just destroys the target. Those are their home defense rounds. So I always thought, man, this is like, you know, the ultimate home defense gun. And I have one in the bedroom, but then I got the KSG. Holy cow. You could tear apart so many people with that thing. Yeah, it's a brutal exactly. home defense weapon, which is exactly what I want. Exactly. Well, my home is really right here. I only spend usually maybe a day and a half at home at best. So out yeah. here, I drive through New York, New Jersey, yes. Chicago. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not one for lobbying, you know, or, or trying to get laws changed. or And it's not because I don't think that's important. It is. I, got to pick your battles, and that's not the one I want to fight. Um, but if I were ever to right. fight for any law change in the trucking industry, it would be a, a legal carry in all states for truck drivers, for CDL holders. You, you should be able to legal carry anywhere you go. Well, we have that. It's called the Second Amendment. It that, was that's kind of how I feel, yeah. And, and you know, people over the years have called yeah. me and asked me, do you know what the rules are for weapons and the gun and where can we go and what states do we have to do this? And I said, I, I don't know any of those laws and I don't want to know them because I've already decided whatever those laws are, I'll break them. So why do I need to know them? Why would I waste my time paying attention to them? I have decided I'll take a gun anywhere I damn well feel like taking a gun and I'll suffer the consequences if I have to. So I don't really care what the laws are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. So my real question is about the new Garmin diesel watch instinct Two. Yeah. Now with truck drivers, well, with me anyway, I deliver frozen LTL. Like five, six pallets here. Then I go to another place, five, six pallets. Yeah, I used to do that. Yep. I mean, I'm not an LTL. I'm not LTL like, you know, Expo or UPS or any of that. No, I, I mean, did, it's truckload. But I, I just mentioned the other day that um, I, I, at one point, had contracted trucks with Aldi in Ohio when they moved into that area. This was way back when. Um, and we used to do frozen oh, okay. LTL. Yeah, we did. We did frozen LTL loads. I'd leave with a truckload and I would have five or six or sometimes even 10 stores all around Ohio from, you know, northeast all the way down to Cincinnati. And I would pedal that route. And then I'd usually grab a load of bread out of a bakery in West Virginia and go back. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure on the perimeters because I don't sleep the same. It wants you to set like 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. and that's your sleep window well that's not every day is different for me so when i take an when i go to sleep it'll be like four hours okay it registers that everything is great and then i get to another shipper and i'm not going to be unloaded so i crawl in the bunk and there's another two or three hours well it adds them all together so on my sleep it shows that i have 20 hours of sleep 18 hours of sleep well i'm not sleeping that much so here's what i will tell you um, I love the Garmin watch without it. I would have never learned all of the issues around stress. We were wrong about so many things. I've been able to prove it now. Um, the one thing I've been saying for quite some time, um, I, I don't, even though I still track my sleep and I look at it, I, I don't think we've got this figured out at all. And it's not just Garmin. It's, it's every sleep tracker I have. I, there have been nights where I've used like four or five different sleep trackers on the same night 
one that's built into my bed, one that's, you know, on the side of my bed. And that's actually the most accurate. I've got this device that sits on the side of your bed. It's pointed at you. It doesn't touch you or anything. It's the most accurate. And they've even tested it against uh, sleep tracking in a sleep lab. And this was the, the most accurate device. So I've got that one. I've got multiple wearables. The thing is, they never agree with each other. So I, I just don't think we have the sleep tracking right at all. I had a device the other day that I woke up, went down, just didn't even get a cup of coffee. I just sat in the chair and started reading. And it registered two hours and 30 minutes of REM sleep. Well, REM sleep should be the easiest thing to track because when you are in REM, you are paralyzed. Your body does not move. It can't. There, there's even a condition where some people will wake up and be awake and alert, but their brain is still in REM mode and they can't move. I, why can't we track REM better if it, if it seems to be that easy to track? But we can't. I, I just don't put much faith in any of this sleep tracking yet. And I still do it. I still, if another device comes out tomorrow, I'll probably get it and test it. But I, I'm not seeing where the sleep tracking is all that beneficial. Well, doesn't the sleep tracking tie into the um, HRV? Yes and no. It, it, your sleep can affect your HRV, but HRV is a totally different measure. We can measure HRV when we're awake or when we're asleep. HRV is simply measuring the time in between beats of uh, our heart. Right. It really doesn't have anything to do with sleep other than sleep affects HRV and HRV affects sleep, but they're measured two totally different ways. Oh, okay. Because I'm looking at like every couple of days that I have 18 to 20 hours of sleep that my watch does, my HRV, well, it hasn't come on yet because my watch is only a week old. Right. Takes a while. So I don't know what my HRV is just yet. Yeah. Either that or when I'm listening to audio books and I'm just driving down the road, I'm that I must be in a REM situation. <laughs> you might be. Calm where I'm, you, 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 you might be very calm at that moment. I've talked about the fact that when I, when I race on my Xbox, for some reason, my stress drops below 10, which seems bizarre, but it, it does. Well, what if I set my perimeter for one minute? I don't know. So instead of having a window. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I really don't. I, I just. Garmin guy come back on? Uh, I don't think we have him scheduled, but uh, we could get him back on. I mean, he's he's always available. We usually wait till they have some sort of software update or some new product announcement or something. But uh, oh, okay, he's he's agreed to come on anytime. I want to get used to all the activities of the the watch all by itself. So I just downloaded one of the apps. The next app, I guess, has your uh, X three bar workout, right? So I have to do another app to get to that. There, there are. I'm going to make sure that I understood all the stuff that this does because it that's that's a good idea. Watch that tell time. This this one's a pretty. I, yeah, I've said that the toughest part about this watch is the learning curve. It does so much that you really do have to sit down with the manual or go watch the videos and just work your way through each feature. And it's a good idea. I think you're right. There's two different software programs we can use with this, two different apps, one for a lot of the basic functions and then one specifically for all the trucking functions and my workouts and a couple other things are on there. So I found another thing that it doesn't do very well. 
it will put me into riding a bicycle. And as bad as these highways are, uh, it looks like I'm riding a bicycle for 10, 11 hours. And my, you know, it, the watch connects to my wife's watch. And I don't know. They're kind of linked together somehow. You know, if I have a heart attack, she's able to see oh, yeah. my okay. emergency contact okay. on the watch deal. So she's like, when did you get a bicycle? What are you talking about? <laughs> Is it she when you're driving? That's and yes. Yeah. When I'm driving. We, 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 you know, something I noticed yesterday, I, I had one of those days where I needed a lot of downtime. So I actually did do a bunch of racing on, on the Xbox yesterday. Cause I get downtime. My body battery goes up, even though it's the daytime. Um, but I, I, at the end of the day, I'm looking at my steps. I'm like, how the hell did I get so many steps? And I realized if you've <laughs> ever played racing games on an Xbox where you have the steering wheel and the pedals, I have the race chair. I, I've got this whole really cool setup. But when you, and I almost, yeah. my favorite type of racing is rally. So it's kind of on-road, off-road. When you get off-road, that steering wheel shakes hard, just like you're driving over really rough terrain. And I have a feeling it must be recording steps. Yep. Yeah, I kind of wonder if mine is too, because I look at my step count and I'm like, God, I don't think I walk that much. Now, we, we the last time yeah. I talked with Eric, we brought this up and they we talked about some really simple fixes they could make for this. And I, I think we might see one soon. One is just use the GPS data. If somebody's going more than 15 miles an hour, they're probably not walking or riding a bike. Right. Oh, maybe it's I'm using the clutch. With your video game, are you using? Are you shifting? Are you clutching? Not yet. Throttle pedal? Not yet. Oh, okay. I, I've got the shifter. Yeah, I, I've got the shifter, but I I just leave all my settings on automatic right now. There, there's a lot to this game. I don't know if I could. Well, I could do it clearly, but I wouldn't be winning as much yeah. as I am right now. And I, you know, I've got a big ego, so I need to win. So. My son and I are going to go walk the uh, Porcupine Mountains in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Okay. It's uh, 32 or 35 miles in three days. Nice. And it's a backpacking adventure. Usually I just, you know, would go camping with ATVs and off-road stuff, but I'm going to be walking this. So I have to get up to that 10 miles a day. Yeah. So my question is, all these, all these freeze-dried foods are garbage. Everything that I'm finding... I mean, I found Paleo Valley. They've got some good meat sticks and that kind of stuff. And the nut butters are going to be good. But what in the world am I going to take for three days? So um, I actually have the some butter answer. Just pure fat. I actually have the answer. And I can't believe I can't think of the name of the company, right? Elements? Is that it? Um, let me look it up real quick. So if you've heard when we have... Um, for a while, Stan was on with me and we were doing the pit together. And Stan is the guy that introduced me to Cardio Miracle. Stan's an attorney. I met him at a yep. health conference. He actually, the first thing he approached me with at the conference, um, he heard me speak and, and he approached me because he makes high quality paleo based freeze-dried meals for like backpacking and, and things like exactly what you're talking about. Super clean ingredients, really oh. good stuff. And I looked at it and I thought that would be awesome for our drivers. I, I can't get past the whole, I really don't like the freeze-dried food when it's reconstituted. It's not awful. And, and short term, something like a backpacking trip, I would absolutely do it. 
But the idea of as a driver, I'm going to eat this stuff every day. And it wasn't even a taste. It tasted pretty good. They did a good job with it. It's texture. It's, it's just the overall experience. I just don't like it. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people who would like it, but I, I just have a hard time putting a product in our store that I won't use myself. So we passed on it. Um, right. I think though um so is it like an mre no water and well yeah it is like that but it's not like an mre in that it's it's been freeze-dried so they're super super light that's the beauty of freeze-dried meals for backpacking rather than just meals ready to eat um these are really light so that's nice um i'm actually here they are so if you go to the website, um, getyourelements.com, getyourelements.com, um, you will find all of their, I mean, here's some of their stuff. Uh, now, I wouldn't eat all of it. They have one that's based on red lentils. I would stay away from lentils just because the oxalate load is off the charts. Um, maple mustard pork. Um, broccoli, cinnamon, pork, chipotle, turkey, scramble, uh, sesame, garlic, chicken, balsamic chicken, pomodoro, coconut, mango, chicken, country herb, chicken. I, got a lot of great meals, really clean ingredients. Okay. Is it like where you um, buy like a five-gallon pail and all um, these meals are in there? I, let me go see if I, I know they've done some kind of package stuff like that. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Um, no, they have something like starter packs. These basically, even the starter pack is, it, it's just a variety of meals, but they come in each individual package. They don't come in a big tub. Oh, okay. So you can buy one yeah, of each if you want. My Patriot to buy. I've, their ingredients are not all that clean. I've looked at theirs. No, they're not. Right. Yeah. Right. This it's is. Yeah. Um, let me just give you uh, some examples of. Hold on a second. Let me go back to one of the meals. The The maple mustard pork was actually one that I, I probably could have eaten. Um, let me find the ingredients on this one. So freeze dried cooked seasoned pulled pork. Butternut squash, maple sugar, dried egg whites, ground mustard, onion, garlic, salt, black pepper. That's it. All ingredients that I have in my kitchen. Yep. Yeah. Just that water, you're good to go. Yep. And I assume that um, just one meal a day will be sufficient. Uh, I have, um, you know, for me. I work with Dr. Jack and I have his, his, um, what is that powder? It's a steak mix. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, if you've got some other stuff like that, if you're taking those meals, and I would take some Paleo Valley beef sticks, I would take some nut butters, take whatever you've got from Dr. Wolfson, then yeah, I think one meal a day would be enough. Well, I have to take the powders, and I also have a a seaweed binder, you know, because my heavy metals was just on the chart. Okay. So, lead. Hey, have you, did you hear me? Seaweed binders. did, Did you hear the show from last Wednesday? No, oh. I was off for oh. about a week. I'm just we, catching up. We have a new product you're going to be very interested in. And I brought Pepper. this in primarily because of what's going on with East Palestine and all this talk about these chemical disasters all around the country and people are worried about this kind of stuff. And um, 
Enviromedica, we had the CEO on, from the, we carry their probiotics and a couple other products, love their products. They have a product that I've used and I, I really didn't know if it would, if we would sell enough of it. We have to be careful. We have limited, you know, warehouse space. You can't just bring in every product under the sun, no matter how much you like it. You've got to make sure stuff will move and we right. have enough profit and all that, you know, stuff we have to deal with. Um, so I really didn't know if this product was a, a good product for us to um, to carry. And occasionally I would just recommend it to somebody and say, go right to their website and get it. I decided to bring it in. It is uh, bentonite clay in a in a very, very fine powder. And bentonite clay is pretty amazing stuff. And there's about 300 different versions of bentonite clay. It's totally natural. We go dig this stuff up out of the ground. But depending on where you dig it up, there are different forms of it, kind of. This particular form of bentonite clay is magnetic. So you put this stuff in a hot bath and it literally, as you are sweating and detoxing, it pulls the heavy metals right out of your body. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Give that stuff a try. uh, You would put it in the bathtub like Epsom salt? Yeah, except it's a little trickier. Yeah. But and I'll just walk Uh, you through it. It warn people because it is a little tricky. This powder, have you ever seen powder that's so fine it won't absorb water? Like it like it repels water, you can't get it wet? That's what this is. It's kind of like diamond earth. Correct. Really it hard than like that. Yeah, that's what this is. So you actually take the and there's clear instructions on the package. But what you do is you put your a small amount of the bentonite clay in a blender put water in there. You got to blend it to get it wet. And it, depending on how big your bathtub is, I have a really deep tub. I love hot baths. I have a really deep tub. I've got to pour like two or three full blender loads of this into my tub. A typical bathtub, you'd get away with one. Um, But you have to blend this stuff before you pour it in the water or it won't mix. And then what is it? Just as long as you're taking a bath? 15, 20 minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fine. Okay. I also you put it in your hot tub or will your hot tub? Uh, no, I would not. I would not put this stuff anywhere near a hot tub. It would be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. Um, I also uh, use a bentonite clay toothpaste. Okay. Cause it pulls toxins right out of your mouth, your gums, balances pH, balances bacteria, um, detoxifies. It's a, a great toothpaste. Comes in a powder again, a nice light powder. Get your toothbrush wet. And they, the brand that I use, they mix in peppermint essential oil. So you just stick your tooth, wet toothpaste into the powder. It picks up a ton of it. You brush your teeth with it. I do that in the morning. Uh, and then I use a carbon. Or not a carbon, but a charcoal uh, toothpaste at night. Huh. I have to look that up. I just use we are fluoride free. We are working with this particular dental company. They have some really, really interesting stuff. They actually, you know, how I'm into red light um, and and light therapy. Yeah. They have a mouthpiece that uses red light therapy. You stick it in your mouth and you turn it on for 10 or 15 minutes. It kills the bad bacteria, but not the good. So 
we're we're in the process of of possibly partnering with this company. We're not ready yet, but when we do all of our background work and our due diligence and make sure everything's the way they say it is and it works and their customer service is good and all the other stuff, then we may bring these products in. Look at that. Just another, I'm just, yeah. Now, some of the products that I've noticed, it's almost overlapping or identical to what I get from Dr. Jack. Yes, absolutely. um, Especially like the vitamin D drops. Some of it. And some of the. You know, I would actually say most of it is not because we work together. We, We both came to all of those things separately. And. You know, you look around the natural health world and most of us have settled on the same products. Paleo Valley is big for Sigmatic, all the mushroom coffees, all the same products we use. If you go to other practitioners, you're going to see a lot of the same stuff. I think we all did the same work. We, we we went looking for the best product we could find in every category. And I think it's interesting. We all came to the same products. Nice. It sounds like you drink your two cups of coffee. Do you, do you, how did you um, try Dr. Jack's coffee? I have not. The only reason I haven't is because I have determined that this idea of mycotoxins in coffee is a real thing. But I also know yep. that it, it just does not seem to be detrimental to some people. And I'm one of them. I've been through Bulletproof Coffee. They were the first that were mycotoxin-free. It did nothing for me whatsoever, and it's expensive. Uh, Ben Greenfield brought out his coffee, Kion Coffee. Same thing, lab-tested, no mycotoxins, tried his. Didn't notice any difference. Uh, I've tried several brands of really clean mycotoxin-free coffee. It does nothing for me. I I just don't think I'm sensitive to the mycotoxins. We put it, my wife makes it for me and puts it in half gallon glass jars because I can't do anything with plastic anymore. Right. So I have that throughout the road. And then if I don't get home and then I try, you know, I get some truck stop coffee. There's a huge difference in what I have heard lots of people say that. Yeah. I have heard lots of people say that and I believe them. Absolutely believe them. I just haven't experienced it myself. Yep. Nope. I guess it would be the same as what you're talking about with uh, Lisa when she has the oil, coconut oil, um, bulletproof oil. Right. Yeah. Some people, no matter what you do, they just can't deal with that stuff. Now, part of it for Lisa could very well be that she lost her gallbladder a long time ago. Mm, That could be. I never had the issues with uh, disaster pants or any of that stuff I, that you guys talked about early on. I didn't either. I was I, really yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't cautious. I, I just jumped right in and started dumping tablespoons and then went to two tablespoons and, and never had any digestive discomfort at all. The only thing I had, and I talked about it many, many times, was I had poor fat digestion and I had to work on that a lot. That's what I, That's my next thing to work on is my fat digestion. It, I think that I am still borderline diabetic. But uh, it, I didn't know until I was listening to the, your Wednesday show that drinking a half gallon of coffee a day is uh, working on my blood sugar. Uh, right. Who'd have thought coffee yeah. would mess with your blood sugars? You know, the, 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 the path that it takes is coffee increases cortisol and uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine, and, and it 
tends to put us in the fight or flight mode. And when we're in the fight or flight mode, we our liver starts producing sugar. So decaf won't do that. Ah. And if you want the, the absolute right. best decaf coffee I have ever tasted, and it also has all the reishi adaptogens in it, so it's decaf, that'll chill you down a little bit. Then the reishi will really, really chill you down. The Four Sigmatic ground coffee we carry in the store now is outstanding. I'll have to give that a try. Yep. Well, you know, look at my life has changed since I was listening to you early on. And then when you were on nights with Kim, it's, uh, I didn't listen very much. Then I kind of went, yep, we're doing it. <laughs> well, before that, I was drinking like two or three two-liter bottles of Mountain Dew or yeah. Mr. Pepper. Yep. Every day. Very you know, common. Just, no. Or you go to you go to the truck stop and you're like, yeah, I don't want the 32 ounce. I want that 54 ounce. <laughs> you know, that super jumbo shake. <laughs> That's right. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. I don't want ice in it because I'm getting chipped <laughs> if I put ice in it. You want more liquid. That's right. <laughs> yep. I know. Yeah, you know, just you know, my beverage today is just water and coffee. That's, you know, here's... Oh. Here's something else we should think about. Not only have we had tons and tons of success stories over the years, what we've really never had, we've never had somebody call and say, I did this and it didn't work. Not once. Well, if they did, you would you would easily find out. Right. We would fix it quickly. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, exactly. It, when when people comply, it worked. Every time, I've never seen a failure. Yep. You know, I was just, uh, what was I, 325 at my heaviest. I would just walk to the back of my truck, and that would be my exercise for the day. Yeah. Now I'm walking five miles a day or so. That is, that is awesome. Congratulations. I don't, how do you do it? See, I've got to, I've got to look on, see if I can find your videos. Cause I'm still using the original page where you do one exercise yeah. this day, flip it over there. Yeah. That's... I've heard that you've talked about, you've broken that down into three different exercises for every day. So there's not a, a day that you're resting. Well, sort of. So what I did was I broke it down into three workouts because that's the way I used to work out. When you were working out as hard as I was when I owned the gym, I, I just needed that much time to get to all the different things I wanted to work out. Um, but when I started looking at the X3 bar, I said, well, I get the on and off every two days, but I, I want to add a couple exercises. The, the basics are fantastic. If you do, do nothing but stick with that one page, you'll still get really good results. There were a couple other movements I wanted to throw in, but I didn't want my day to get too long. I didn't want my workouts to get too long. So I thought, well, I'll just make it three, but it's not so that I work out every day. Because I'll tell people, look, you could do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you wanted to, that's your only workout for the week, and then you do it again next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you're still going to get really good results. If you want to do the three workouts in a row and then take two days off and, and restart it, do it however you want. If you're working out like this a couple to several times a week, you're going to get incredible benefits. 
So that's why I did it, just to be able to add a couple more movements without making my workouts longer. So I went back to the method I had developed decades ago, push, pull, core, and legs. One day I push, one day I pull, one day I do core and legs, core being stomach and lower back and legs. And and that's just the, the way I've always worked out and I've always liked that. So I just applied it to the X3. feel like an evangelist. Good. And when I do my X3, it's usually in a loading dock. Really? Because I know that I'm never going to get out of there in a half hour. That's you know? a, what a great and idea. I clip, the, I clip it to my grill, one of the louvers on my grill yeah. in front of my truck. So I got my X3 bar. I'm doing that. Somebody walked by and I'm like, hey, you want to try this? <laughs> what are you doing? And I see the guys that used to be me sitting there. And, you know, I see the fast food bags on their oh, back, I know. potato chip bags. And I'm like, hey, you guys want to try this? It's super easy. It, right. You know, Keep it up, though. I had one lady try it, but yeah, it was kind of too long for her arms. It's almost like they needed to make the bands. Well, they quarter size. X3 itself does not make bands that are any different length, but I found a company that does, and they are made virtually identical. They're layered latex, um, same design, same feel, but they make them in multiple lengths, and we carry shorter versions in our store now from that company. And I have to use them. I have really short arms. Um, and I'm short. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I. That's why I went looking for it because I needed it. And we found another company that makes awesome bands and they have them in all kinds of lengths. Nice. Yep. And we have them in the store now. Yeah, I'm still on the, I'm still on the gray. I moved up a little bit. I just reaching over my head. I'm still on white. That, it's the only one I have to switch over for, to white. For some and reason. Why? What am I doing wrong? Nothing. And we have not been able to figure this out. For some reason, everybody says this. I, For my size and weight, I used to be, and I still am, pretty darn strong in an overhead press. And yet, I can't move past, like, the weakest band in the system on that thing. <laughs> I don't get it. I know. I know. I, 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 wrestling practice where we used to have the pegboard? Yes. You go up on the wall, and you've got pegs, and oh, you're climbing that hey. wall, and... You want to hear a story about the pegboard? I was so, now, I was, like I said, I'm, I'm small. I'm light, you know, in, in um, when I was wrestling in junior high, seventh grade, it was underweight for the lowest weight class there was. Seventh grade, the lowest weight class in Ohio at the time was 80 pounds. I was barely able to push 70, eating everything I could eat. Wow. Every I remember weight gain shakes. I used to down weight gain yep. shakes all day long. Um, so I was small and light, but strong. I was working out a lot. I could bench press almost double my body weight. So the pegboard for me was, I loved that thing. I could fly up and down the pegboard. So I got cocky one day and thought, I'll bet I could do this one-handed. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Oh no! I thought that I would be able to pull up real quick get the weight off the peg, pull it out and slap it into the other one. And I thought, what could go wrong? The worst that's going to happen is I'm going to fall. And that wasn't the worst that could happen. I pulled up real hard, yanked the peg out and whacked myself right between the eyes with it. 
knocked myself out. I don't know if it was the peg hitting me that knocked me out or when I fell flat on my back on the gym floor that knocked me out, but I was out. Yeah. Yeah, not one of my better ideas. (laughs) Well, back in the 80s, it was like, okay, I was a lineman, so, you know, 200 plus. And then wrestling starts right after football season. Oh, you're 167 now. <laughs> Wait, but okay. Here, lose 35, 40 pounds. Yep. Plastic showers. I rolling in the mat, spitting a pound. I I had the uh, kind of the Your same. Yeah, kind of the same experience. I was a lineman. Um, it's a long story how that ended up. I was the lightest lineman in the county, 145 pounds, playing guard. Um, we had a whole weird oh, offer. Yeah. We had pulling guards based on the Browns way, way back when. Um, so we did pulling guards. So I was so short, they couldn't even see me coming down the line. You know, I would catch that defensive <laughs> end out there and he wouldn't even know I was coming. Uh, so I would bulk up every summer as much as I could. In my senior year, I got up to 145. Um, and I ended up wrestling 119 that year. That was a, and I couldn't even make it through the whole season at the, about the middle of the season after Christmas, I had to bump up to 126. Yeah. You get a few extra, extra pounds after Christmas. It wasn't enough. I know. Yeah. They gave us two pounds over the holidays and it wasn't enough. I I had to move up. You know, one, I know this probably happened to a lot of different wrestlers at different times. You know, you have your Friday practice because you're going to go to the Invitational. Yeah. Well, I was 167 and the 185, for some reason, there was no 170 pounds. Right. But it goes 167 or 185. He put his his foot on the scale. So I was six and a half pounds over. Of course, (laughs) the next morning I was under. Right. You know? Yeah. It's one of those kind of things. But you joked around. You had a good time. That was just fun. You know, wrestling is a... They even let the kids do that. You know, I actually like the the method they came up with. Um, when I was a coach, they instituted this in Florida, and I actually liked it. So at the beginning of the season, we had to take each wrestler. We had to have them fully hydrated. Here was the key. We had them fully hydrated. We would check their weight. We would calculate their body fat percentage, and we would use the, the most accurate. We would use calipers to measure body fat, and that's one of the most accurate. Um, we would use calipers. We would measure their body fat. Um, and then we would set at that point, you have all the information to set. Here is the lowest weight you are allowed to wrestle. We had a, a certain body fat percentage they weren't allowed under and they had to be fully hydrated at the time. So you're not allowed to dehydrate yourself. Now we're not going to let you wrestle that weight. And I think that was a, a fantastic idea. If yep. you wanted to get down well, to a lower weight, you, you had to do it within your body fat percentage. You know, Saturday invitational start seven in the morning, you know, and then the better you are, the later in the evening you go. Yep. Well, when I got to be an adult and my son wrestled, I was so happy that he was doing out done. My Saturday <laughs> was over by noon. I can't tell you how many weekends I've spent my life in a gym. Friday and Saturday. Uh, yep. It, it not, not, I didn't, you know, back when I was wrestling, we didn't have as nearly as many opportunities. Um, I would do a couple summer tournaments, 
might do a summer camp. Uh, but for the most part, it was the school wrestling season. Um, when I got my son involved, yep, that's too. my God, we wrestled constantly. We traveled. I mean, from Florida to Colorado, Puerto Rico, we took a team over to Puerto Rico to wrestle. Oh, we wrestled all over the state of Florida and Georgia constantly. Um, I, virtually all summer long, just about every weekend, we were at a tournament. Well, when did he have two days for football or didn't play football? Uh, he didn't play football because, again, he wasn't. He's a little bigger than um, I am, taller. Right. Um, but we're, we've always been about the same weight once I lost all my extra weight. Um, he actually oh, he actually lettered um, his freshman year in wrestling and um, powerlifting. So instead of playing football, he was powerlifting, um, clean and jerk, squat, bench press, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. We didn't have, I, I went to a class D school, which, you know, the lowest level. I think our graduating class had 62 or 63 kids. I think we had that's a hundred. whole class. I think we had 140. Yeah. So, but it, which was still considered so really small. My, yeah, we didn't have a weightlifting team. We had a, a little weight room. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, get on Splitter's back there. Exactly. He's going to do these mule kicks. Or, you know. Right. Yeah. Same, same thing for me. And then my son, on the other hand, had a graduating class of 1,800. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Michigan man makers. Oh, man. Yep. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation. I This is cool. Good Talk stuff. It's just like high school again. There you go. I love it. Little nostalgia <laughs> once in a while. Um, good stuff. Call back. We'll uh, we'll expand on it. All's piled up again. Let's go to West Virginia. David, welcome. Hello, Kevin. How's Kevin? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, I think an oil sample. Oh, let me go look for it. Let's All right. See. It's an uh, 06 internet. All right. Yeah, so you said an 06 yeah. Has this engine ha ever had any of the cam issues that you're aware of? No. Okay. No, I had it rebuilt when it had about 400 and eh, about 425,000. Why? Because it was starting to leak oil all over and it had 25,000 hours because it, it's a logging truck with a loader, self loader on it. So was it leaking so, oil or burning oil? No, leaking everywhere. How much? And I knew I'd tear it apart. So. Well, I don't know. Probably a gallon every three or 4,000 miles. Oh, from so leaks? Are you sure? Leaking. Oh, yeah, leaking everywhere. I've never yeah, seen front, one leak that much. Truck. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it, it lives, a rough, it lives it, a rough life. One of the things I would have done at that time, and we'll kind of let people know if you I get people all the time that call me and say my I'm leaking that much and I'm like I, I've never seen that look take a gallon of oil once and pour it out on concrete a gallon right you oh, have yeah. a lake of yeah. oil it's a lot I've never oh, yeah. seen an engine leak that oh. much now I've seen engines that do leak a lot oh. but every time I've checked if right. they're going through a gallon and 3,000 miles they might be leaking about half of that the rest is being burnt. There's a pretty quick test. We, it, since you decided to rebuild it, you're, you were going to fix both problems at the same time anyway. But if somebody's wondering, 
you could do a crankcase pressure test to rule out that that we're burning oil. Yeah. Well, they uh, when they did rebuild, they found like two cylinders broken rings in the. So. Ooh. I think um, it was a good idea. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. It was the old, so the we'll first, see, uh, see, there's where your oil consumption was. Right. The ISX, when they first come out, um, they had problems with the carbon at the they, top. They had problems and with did, everything. And it, <laughs> they had problems yeah. with everything. They still do, in my opinion. Well, I don't know. I love this truck. I, well, I know, and a lot of people do, but we went through the cam issue that went on for years and years and years. When the first happened, oh, we got a bad batch of cams. Uh, okay, why do we still have a bad batch of cams six years later? Oh, well, we had metal flaking. And uh, yeah, I know what the problem is, but why does it? why isn't it going away? Then we had the fuel pump. The fuel pump comes apart, takes out the rest of the engine with it. Then we had the oil filter issue. That uh, Then we had the fuel issue where put the wrong fuel in this stuff and it was attacking the fuel lines. I mean, we've just been through issue after issue with this engine. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. I know, but, but it doesn't affect yeah. all of them. And so um, I, I kind of beat that dead horse. A um, couple things I'm seeing on here. Are, are you asking about this oil sample because you have any issues or are you just asking in general? Well, mainly just in general. I did have, a, I did replace an injector to, are you, yeah, I could see that there may have been an injector issue. Are you using the catalyst? Yes. Hmm. How many miles are on this in frame? Uh, it's 140,000, is that right? Yeah, right about 140, yeah. This thing is not tuned well. Something is not, yeah. right? we either have intake restriction, exhaust restriction, the timing's all out of whack, Valves aren't set right. Something about this engine, it's not burning fuel well. Yeah. Um, your soot at one point was 3.5. Um, mm -hmm. I Maybe that, well, no, you had 30,000 miles on the oil that time. That's really high soot, 30,000 miles on the oil. Then it went down to 1.9, which is still really high to me. And now you're at 2.9 again. Um, we produce soot because we don't have complete combustion. So we have to figure yeah. out why not. Um, have you ever had anybody really oh. good look at the overhead and the, the tune on this engine? No, nobody's ever looked at the tune. And they set the overhead when they rebuilt the engine. I haven't set it. Who did? I usually do all that myself. So, Who did? But I haven't set the overhead. When they rebuilt the engine, they so the shop. put uh, new heads. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you, if you've done an overhead, if you've done overhead, sounds like you do your own, you know that it's a fairly yeah. simple, straightforward procedure, but you also understand how bad somebody could screw it up. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, if I yeah, were you, probably. the first, since you can do this yourself, since if I were you, I'd get in there and look at that overhead. Yeah. And anyway, it needs, it's time to do it anyway. It's past time to do it. Right. On yeah. that ISX, I would not go past 100,000 miles between overhead. I know the Cummins calls for like 500,000. I think they're insane. Right. Yeah, I checked. Well, I, well, uh, when I put the injector in, I checked a couple of valves and they, they seemed just a little bit loose. So, but I didn't adjust I, them yet because uh, I'm uh, waiting on the, the right, the right sealer's gauge because i didn't have one that 
with an angle so I could get underneath the dam. Right. Because those things are a pain in the butt. Yes, they are. Made. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, I, do you uh, do you frequent Pittsburgh Power at all? No, never been there. Um, but since you can do your overhead, I, I would do it yourself. Any work you could do yourself these days, I'm all for it. Um, but I think I would also, when you got done with that, um, I think I would <laughs> just drop in, throw this thing on the dyno, and, and let them look through the tune on it. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, I have an extra ECM. I was thinking about sending it up there and having to tune that. Yeah, you could do that, too. They, yeah, because I did buy an extra ECM. Yeah, you, you could do that. Yeah, and have them tune it, and then I just change it out. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Something, I, I'm not seeing anything else that I'm overly concerned about. I'm not seeing a lot of wear metals. Your silicon is borderline. I mean, that same sample where mm-hmm. you had 3.5 soot, you were at 11 on silicon. We mm-hmm. really prefer 10 or under. And this time you're right. at 10. So right. you've been borderline there. That's probably where most of the – and the wear metals aren't horrible. They're slightly elevated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be from that small amount of dirt we're getting in there. So we want to try to clean that up some. Right. Chuck uh, does a lot of idling. When I'm running the loader, it's around 1,200 RPMs. 1,200's not bad. That That's running. We're staying at full operating temperature there. I wouldn't consider that idling at all. Right. Yeah, well, it, that's where it gets all the hours from. Right, right. I, I get that, that we can't go by straight miles because of that, but I, I don't see that running at 1,200 RPM as a problem. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Other than that, runs. I like the truck. Good. I bought it brand new. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, and and like oh, I and said, you were talking about the the fact that you can work on it is a big thing. That helps a lot. Exactly. And you're talking about the Garmin watch, and I got the first version, not the not the diesel, but the first one. Yeah. And uh, it does count lots of steps if you're. On off-road as much as I am, I've had days where I've had 25,000 steps. You know, what? one of the – I've tested a ton of wearables. One of the worst for that was the Apple Watch. And as much as I love Apple products, yeah. I, I will not recommend the Apple Watch to anybody. I, I just really don't <laughs> think that was a, a great product for them. Yeah. Yeah, that, and it also uh, counts floors. Like I could have – I've had as many as 120 floors up and really like 25 down. See, I've, I never did figure that. I, I watch my floors pretty closely because I, I live in a house with a ton of stairs and floors. And uh, I actually, you yeah. know, there was a time where I used to try to be really efficient with my movement. Like, you know, if I'm going to go to the other side of the house or, you know, down to the garage, I try to think through everything and I'll take it all at once. Now I do the exact opposite. I be I am totally inefficient. I want to get more steps and more stairs and that kind of thing. So I watch that. Um, and and I've never seen mine register stairs while I was driving. That's unusual. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't drive on off road like I do. That must be it. You're right. That must be it. Interesting. I, my, my truck cab's going up and down, up and down, up and down. For uh, sometimes I go three, four miles back in the woods. And, wow. And okay. Nothing smooth about. Got it. 
Yeah, they're rough all the way. Yeah, I'll bet. Yep. So, well, that's about all I had there, Kevin. All right, good stuff. I had to finally talk to you. I've listened to you for a long time. So. What? Are, yeah. Do you mean to tell me this is your first call in? Yeah. It's really? The first time I called in. Because you are, you're, yeah. you're really active on the websites, right? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, I get on I there. So. Yeah, I didn't. I just don't call in. I'm using. I'm usually uh, running up down the road in the uh, cell service in West Virginia. Yeah. I don't need to tell you. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, if I had to pick um, the the most interesting state to drive a truck in that I've spent a lot of time in, it was West Virginia. I used to um, – uh, yeah. I, did, I didn't necessarily get off road, but one of my, um, one of my direct customers was a company in Cleveland uh-huh. – that made the little tiny starter pots for nurseries. Do you know how many of those little tiny pots you can get inside of a trailer? A lot. Um, And I used to do multiple stops. I would leave Cleveland and I would have like 12 nurseries. Um, I might start over around Pittsburgh and, and then head down into West Virginia. And man, that was some interesting driving where some of those nurseries are. Oh, I'll guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that hey, I, how how long I I wish I could remember the details of this, but you might recognize this. How long have you been trucking in that area? Oh, for ever since I was born. Okay. So <laughs> I'm about the same so, age as you are. So okay. Somewhere Somewhere on, you know, there's all the bridges across rivers between Ohio and West Virginia and all that area down there. There's a bunch of rivers and little bridges. And I cannot remember where I were, where I was. It was not far into West Virginia, but there was a bridge down there. There, I looked at it and, you know, as far as I could tell on the map, that was the way I needed to go. It didn't have any kind of weight restrictions, but I, I stopped and pulled over. Because I'm looking at that bridge and I'm mm-hmm. like, there is no way two trucks are going to be able to get past each other on this bridge. And there, it's a fairly long bridge. And I'm thinking, and then as I'm sitting yeah. there looking at it, I noticed this big wide board that ran like this was a mm-hmm. like a frame bridge. There was a frame over it kind of thing, one of those. And on the right. frame, yeah. way up high was this big wide board. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, what the hell is yeah. that for? And then I see this sand and gravel hauler, this bulk hauler come flying across this bridge at about 60 miles an hour. And his mirror is rubbing the board. That was how you got yep. past another truck. You had to put your mirror against that board. And then on the other side, you had to get out and adjust your mirrors again. I I'm sure that's not still there, <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, yeah, the bridge is still there. But you can't go across it with a truck. They put a weight limit on it. Oh, okay. That sounds like that sounds like the bridge goes across Pete Lake there, just up past Morgantown. I think that's fifty. I think that's exactly where it was. Morgantown yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, that was. And I was a young driver at the time. My that brother, was that was pretty hairy crossing that bridge. Yeah, my brother pulled out on that bridge one night. He was headed up to Uniontown. And he pulled out on the front of that bridge was had a weight limit on. He could go through it across it, but he pulled out on it with the tractor and trailer, and he stopped. And the whole bridge was moving up and down. He decided he wasn't. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I don't doubt it. It didn't look all that sturdy. I don't remember. It seems to me like when I was there, it didn't even have a weight limit on it, though. No, no. They didn't put a weight limit on it until they built the one to go around it. Okay. There's Got a road it. goes 119, 119 goes around it now. You don't have to go on that bridge. You, could, uh, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble with a truck in West Virginia. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a good bit. Around this place. Yeah, you should be careful about taking shortcuts that you're not familiar with. Uh, yeah, you ought to talk to uh, some of those Swift drivers. I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> they know all about them shortcuts. Well, every and time. Rotator to have someone get out. Yeah, every time I see one of those pictures, and it usually is a Swift truck of somebody stuck on this really hard hairpin turn out in the woods, I'm like, I'll bet that's West Virginia. <laughs> Yeah, well, they do that a lot over towards Parsons. Yeah, they try to come across. There's a little road there that goes. It, it's called Sugarland, and uh, it'll take you up to uh, it'll take you up to Thomas and get on. Uh, you know, we had the 48, and uh, but you can't get through our tractor and trailer because there's I think there's like five switchbacks on one side, and they make it to the first one usually. And that's as far as it goes. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was just reading a text message they sent me about an appointment I have later today that I think I forgot about. Um, I still have time, though. Yeah. Uh, all right, David, great stuff. Boy, today's like uh, nostalgia day. We're talking about all kinds of uh, nostalgic stuff. I kind of like it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> we, could, we could use a little of that. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, I know this is your first time. Don't make it your last. Okay. All, All right. right. I'll call in a little more frequently. I'll look forward right. to it. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Oklahoma. Paul, welcome to the program. First time I've called today. Are you sure? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um you you were you mentioned something about uh registering your your uh when you when you were driving, but it was registering your steps, or if you're on a bicycle, yeah, right. And you said 15 mile an hour. I I know you can go faster than that on a bike. I thought about that as soon yeah, as I yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah, well, uh, you well, my my top speed on a downhill on a bicycle is 55 mile an hour, not drafting or getting towed or anything. That's fast. And <laughs> that's fast. Yes. Yeah. And all. Oh, one guy. One guy told me. One of the guys that I passed, he caught me up later. He says, "You've never come off at speed heavy." I said, "Not yet." <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I used to be." He was an older guy. Right. He said, "I used to be just like you." He said, "I got the scars to prove it." So, you know, I hadn't I hadn't been around bikes in a lot of years, and when we moved out here, we have all these cool trails and. We even have this really long walking bike path that starts way down by the airport in Portland and comes all the way out to our town and is now extending out all the way to the Dallas. Absolutely beautiful trail. It's an asphalt trail most of the way. Goes through the woods. Just okay. gorgeous. So we decided to go get bikes. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, you know, bikes kind of come in three categories somewhat. You've got like a mountain bike, then you've got a street bike, and then you've got a hybrid. It's somewhere in between. I, I should have just got the damn hybrid. I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought, you know, we're probably going to spend most of our time on that path. It's really nice. It's a, you can ride as long as you want. So I'm going to go for the street bike. 
holy cow. I had no idea. It's carbon fiber. It's got the tiniest little tires I've ever seen in my life, but that thing is treacherous to ride. Only got about 18, 18 millimeter wide tires. Yeah, and and the problem with that path. Inflate them to about 100 PSI. Exactly, and they only hold pressure for about a day. Uh, you're constantly pumping up the damn tires on that thing. And the problem with that path is that it's in the woods. Pine needles, leaves. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. I I, I got to get rid of that thing. Um, so I haven't been riding in a while. So I think I'm just going to go trade it in on a either a hybrid or a mountain bike. So you had an electric mountain bike, just in case. There you go. There you go. Yeah. For, for if you spend, if you... If you go too far and you wear yourself out, and it's like, oh, <laughs> I, today, today's just going to be story day for me, I guess. So the other time Lisa and I yeah. attempted the whole bicycle thing, uh, we we had a condo on Daytona Beach, and we decided that riding a bike on the beach would be really cool. And, you know, you can take cars on the beach down there in a lot of places, and we thought riding a bike on the beach would be I'm really cool. Yeah, so we bought a couple bikes, and neither one of us had been on a bike in a long time, and winter was just, you know, ending, and so we were kind of out of shape, and we decided to take off on a bike ride. So we take off, and we're heading down the beach, yeah. and we're just laughing, and we're like, man, this this isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be at all. And we go a couple miles down the beach. Oh, and then you had to turn around, turn around and go back into the wind. Oh, my God. We turned around, and we almost fell over because we couldn't go against the wind. We we almost yeah. if if Uber went a bit would have been around then I would have probably tried to find an Uber with an SUV or something but uh, we, we, yeah we ended up walking the bikes back a couple miles it was uh, yeah yeah should have thought well, about that where 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 I grew up the the ride that we they used to do a fun ride around they go around the mountain so you you start at sea level you can see the ocean for two thirds of the way around the mountain, but you get on the, on the part where you can't see the mountain and it's uphill, but you start that ride in the morning and it's quite possible. You go in a big circle, but it is quite possible to have a headwind the whole ride. (laughs) And if you go the other way and you, and you, you can say, well, I'll go the other way the next time. And you can still have a headwind the whole way. It's just like, (laughs) that's weird. Yeah. When your parents, when your parents, when your parents went to school, it was uphill both both ways. ways. That's right. Yeah. So now I I do still have to be careful of that with the my new water sport wing foiling, because if you're not paying attention, it's it's really easy to go with the wind. But then at some point, you've got to figure out how to go against the wind to get back to where you started, and it can be really, really challenging. Sounds like a Bob Seger song, Against the Wind. There you go. So um, so my neighbor was pointing out to me yesterday about some of our bought and paid for politicians like the governor in Arizona, and then he mentioned the 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 brain dead senator in uh, Pennsylvania, and I said, "Well, he was brain dead before he got there." And he says, "No, that's what they're saying now, but because he'd been in hospital for a month or something, but he's heard stories that they say that Fetterman is brain dead, but because he hasn't been there long, if he don't make it, they got to have another election, 
Well, the Democrats don't want to lose lose that seat. I, so they, oh no, he's fine. Yeah. I, Have you heard anything about that? I thought that one of the articles had a date. Like it, if if something doesn't happen by yeah, a certain, right, right. If he can make it past a certain date, then the rules change. But if something happens to him before that date, they have to have a special runoff, and the Republicans could win. Um, whereas if he can make it past the date, then the Democrats can still control that seat. That's what I've heard, and I. Yeah. I'm thinking I saw a date of like August 18th. And now that I think about that, that's a long way away. Yeah. You know, when my, na- when my neighbor said, he said, no, he's brain dead. And I said, well, he was like that when they elected him. <laughs> we all said that and, and not trying to be cruel, just trying yeah. to be honest. It was painfully obvious to anybody that watched the guy try to speak that it was cruel and unusual punishment to to allow that guy to run. And when I say allow, I mean it because I don't think he was in control of his own faculties. Yeah, but like, but like Joe, I feel. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Joe's, we can at least say it's just old age and dementia, Um uh, Fetterman, I, yeah. I would venture to say, I, I call me a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theory, but I'm sure he's fully vaxxed and, vac- and uh, boosted. And one of Probably. the very, very common effects of the of the vaccine was a stroke. And that's what started all of this. Yeah. So. Don't rush out to get vaccinated. It's not worth your life. There's a there's a new report out that I posted now. Several groups are 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 really questioning hard whether the flu vaccine has ever been effective or necessary, or whether we should even have a flu vaccine. Well, I've only taken that one once. Me since too. I've been in this country. Me but too. That, that was before. Uh, that's before. Uh, well, I, I never. I never took injections when I was in New Zealand, flu or any of that crap. <laughs> right. And if you if you got sick, if you got sick, it's like oh hell. Truck driver will be strong in the back, weak in the head, and it's like I got to go to work. I, of course, no one's driving my truck. Of I'm course, there, yeah. So yeah. You kept going, and oh yeah, I'll be I'll be right a couple of days, and oh yeah, I'll, I'll get a day off on the weekend. I'll recover then. You know, I I I took all I the mean, mostly I did. I took all the shots they made me take when I was in the military because I didn't realize that I could have questioned them. Didn't feel like it then at the time, but now I realize I could have. I don't know what would have happened, but so I took whatever shots they told me I had to have. And then the only other time I had to have a flu shot was my grandsons were in the NICU. And and I will tell you, as horrible as this might sound, if it happened again, I wouldn't do it. I'd wait until they got out to see them. Yep. Yeah, because um, I, ca- I came over here on a work visa and then I got, I I worked my way up to a green card permanent resident well, to get that i had to take a bunch of shots i don't i don't i don't honestly know what i took but yeah who knows a bunch of needles in my arm and oh you come back in another month and we'll so, give you some more i haven't taken i haven't taken any injections since and i'm not taking any anymore period nope, so. me either nope they they have turned me so, into a complete anti-vaxxer now it, it it's complete yeah yeah not going to happen. Yeah, they tainted, I, I would, the, they tainted the water. If I had kids, I would homeschool them. I, it, nobody's going to give them vaccines. It's just not going to happen. 
Not doing it. I don't care about, I, yeah. I don't even care about the ones they say are so wonderful, polio, all that stuff. Yeah. You know what? I just don't believe you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You lied. You've yeah, lost you all credit. Not only have you lied, oh. you lie continually. You're still doing it when there's so much proof that you're wrong. You, you will never admit that you were wrong. So you have zero credibility with me now. Yeah. <clears throat> so one other, one other thing I just thought of. The other day, I saw a a video guy over in East Palestine, and he's a big flex samples for noxious waste and toxins and all that. And he's been doing it for 30, 30 years or 38 years or something. And he's, he's a chemical engineer as well. And the guy, the reporter asked him, he said, so why do you say it was not a controlled burn? And he said, well, if you go down the river here to West Liverpool or somewhere, he said, there's a, ha- a hazardous waste disposal place down there. There and is. I'm said, familiar with it. If it was, a, yeah, he said, if it's a controlled burn or controlled burn off, he said, you have to have it in a vessel or, you know, like he said, your engine is a controlled burn situation or a, a furnace because he said, you control the fuel going in and the chemical going in that you're trying to get rid of. And he said, you control the amount of fuel, the amount of oxygen. And he said, all that black soot up in the sky, all that chemical and everything. He said, that was not a clean burn because if it was a clean burn, and it made me think of the catalyst. If it was a clean burn, he said, there would have been no soot. (laughs) That's a good, yeah, Uh, that's a good point. Did you say West Liverpool? I thought that's what the guy said on the video. It's down east level. East Liverpool. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, somewhere down the river from there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. This guy, he he said he was was an expert in his field and any major litigation or any court cases and anything that had showed up in the last 30 years, he was quite often a witness, you know, a here's the proof in the pudding of what actually happened. And then he said, um, he said about sniffing it, he said, you know, that people have been talking about, oh, you weren't exposed to it. He said, if you could smell it, if you smelled it, you're exposed to it. Of course, you can't have odor without particles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I flunked chemistry, but that's not hard to figure out. Well, I, I, I sort of cheated on a chemistry exam one time. Uh, I didn't know that I'd, I knew the answers. The only reason I knew them was because I did repetition repeat and I knew all the, this was a really hard test and I was, I was no outstanding student, but I got outstanding results on that (laughs) test because, because I knew all the, all I did was memorize the symbols. There you go. And I passed the test just by committing it to memory. I don't remember it now, but it's, you know, I, I, I've admitted that I was a less than stellar student, and I think they graduated me just to get rid of me because they didn't want me back get in rid of here. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure I know why I flunked chemistry. Um, it was right after lunch. You didn't go. I, I actually did. I, I mean, I skipped quite a bit, but I, I would show up a couple times a week at least. The problem was it was right after lunch. We had open lunch and and I was known to finish off lunch with a little bit of cannabis most days. And cannabis and chemistry just don't mix. Oh. Yeah. That, uh, you were doing a chemistry ex- exam, a chemistry ex- at lunchtime. <laughs> exactly. I, I was usually, I was usually too, 
too busy eating a bunch of pretzels. So, right, I'll let you carry on. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for the call. Good stuff. Uh, we still got calls, so we'll continue to take them. We are off to Ohio. Joe, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I have some questions for you, and it's something you don't like to normally do, but my dad has cancer, so you can't basically hear him on the phone. Okay. And he asked me to call you and see what you thought. He has cancer on his uh, vocal cords. Ooh. Vocal cord. Is he a smoker ever, or did he use any kind of tobacco products, chew, snuff, that kind of stuff? Yeah, he smokes, but he's working on quitting now. Okay. So they want to do radiation on him, and they figure that they can get it with that. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's the best idea, but I don't know really what options there are. So part of the problem here for me is cancer is complicated. There's lots of forms of cancer. There's stages of cancer without me really doing a deep work up on somebody. You know, history, looking at the oncology reports, that kind of stuff. I I can't even begin. Um, I I believe there are probably times when cancer gets to a point where we are going to have to resort to those things. Um, But I can't know if we're anywhere near that, if there are other alternatives. Here's the one thing I do know. No matter what we do with the cancer, let's set the cancer aside because I I really can't give you any direct advice on the cancer itself or the treatment other than to say I would seek out a functional medicine doctor to review the case. That would be what I would do. I, I wouldn't even be able to make this decision for myself at that point. If somehow I showed up with this aggressive cancer and they said, look, it's so far gone, you got to do this. I, I wouldn't be able to make that decision for myself. I, I would go find a good functional medicine doctor and have them review it. What I do know is no matter what's going on, the healthier we live, the better our outcome is going to be. And, and he's still smoking. I mean, you don't need my advice to know he, he has to quit that. that. That can't be an option. The other thing, in my opinion, that isn't an option, I would be eating a full-blown, nutrient-dense carnivore diet. Yeah, and that's basically what he, well, pretty much all he eats is meat and eggs. Like is it quality? And he just takes eggs and meat with them. Is it quality? Yeah, it's raised on our farm. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Neighbors got chicken. Good. Good. That that uh, he'll eat some raw vegetables. That, that's fine. Yeah, that that's fine. I mean, some some vegetables here and there not going to be a big deal. Um, fruit now and then not a big deal. Even a little bit of fruit every day. Um, I, I like the addition yeah. of fruit yeah. and honey and uh, fermented foods to a carnivore diet. So it sounds like he's got the diet under control. He's got to stop smoking. I mean, that is just not an option anymore. And as far as whether yeah. or not. This treatment is the best option. Uh, Really, you're going to have to get a second opinion, but I would seek out a true functional medicine doctor. Because if you go to another oncologist, another traditional doctor, you're going to get the exact same advice. They all use the same playbook. You know, I might start with like fruit and I I might start with somebody like uh, like Chris Kresser. What was his last name? Kresser, K-R-E-S-S-E-R. Uh, I considered, 
I actually considered doing their functional training mm-hmm. uh, and and actually sitting for the boards and and everything. And I, I just I don't have the time, and I, that's not where I want to go. I mean, I, I I like dealing with you know being first contact with people, helping them with diet and lifestyle, and then if they have a medical issue, we have lots and lots of people we can refer them to now. Okay. And he doesn't, no pop, no sugary, anything. The most sugar he gets is honey and his coffee is one or two a day. Oh, some, uh, some cancers are, are, uh, some cancers feed on sugar. We absolutely know that. And, and we even test for certain cancers with sugar. We take glucose, we, we inject it with a dye so we can see it on an x-ray. We feed it to the patient. And we start doing x-rays so we find the dye in the body. And wherever that sugar goes, there's the cancer. I've simplified it, but that's basically what they're doing because we know there are cancer cells that can only survive on sugar. They can't survive on fat. Most cells can live on sugar or fat. There are certain cancer cells that can't. And we can starve those cancers of sugar and sometimes cure them. Uh, this probably isn't one because he's on a really, really low sugar, very healthy diet. So my guess is this is almost completely to do with the smoking. All right. That's what I told him, too. And I had mentioned the sugar and he's like, all I do is the honey. Honey's fine. Could still be part the, of it. Yeah, but I, I'm OK with that. You know, your our body will use up. When we're eating really, really low carb like he is and we ingest some sugar, especially in something in a really natural form like honey, our body will use it. And and there's not enough to really, you know, feed the cancer. So I but when you look at the standard American diet and people are eating 300 grams of carbohydrates a day, then, yes, you're going to feed cancers with a diet like that. I don't think the way your father was eating was feeding any cancers at all. I think it's strictly the smoking. Um, then the other thing he wanted me to ask you was back in 17, he went in for a PSA, whatever they they tested him for one. And he was 10 point something at that time. So what? And they want to do biopsy and all kinds of stuff. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. He made the right decision. uh, Yeah. So now he just had it or they checked it again and he's at eight, four or something like that. So it's came down. Correct. PSA is a horrible measure of prostate cancer. It's all we have. It's easy. They make a ton of money on this. They run the PSA. Oh, look, it's high. We better do a biopsy. Have have you ever heard me explain how they do this biopsy? Yeah, a bunch of needles. I think it's 12 needle sticks, I think. To, to hope they might find the cancer. We can't see to know where to do the biopsy. So they just randomly start poking around. There's horrendous side effects to this. So he made the right decision. And and it's been proven. He actually came down over this time. They would have been doing biopsies for right. nothing. PSA is a horrible measure to it, use. Yeah, and that time I forgot he had told me this too. They did an x-ray, and they're like, well, it's a normal size. Everything looks good. They felt it or whatever, and they're like, feels normal. Oh, great. But yeah. he has a problem peeing, and he's like, well, well the, that's my issue. Well, so do a lot of men. Do do Have him do some kegels. All those issues with, you know, any kind of ED or issues with 
frequent urination or constantly thinking, all that goes away with some simple kegels. So I told him to do those two a while ago, and he said, I just asked him the other day when he asked me to call you, and I said, have you been doing those? And I asked, I did, but I forget. Oh, here, let me let me help him here and help you because you've been giving him really good advice. So have you ever introduced Wim Hof breathing to him? Uh, I have not. Do that. See if you can get him to do the breathing. And here's what I do. And this, I've tried for years to do kegels on a regular basis because I know they're good for you. And I'm the same way. I get lazy. I forget about it. I don't do it. And then I'll go a year and think, oh, I should go back and do that. And then I'll start again. Now I never miss them. I made it part of the breathing. So, you know, you you do your 30 breaths, you do your breath hold. And then when you do the 15 second breath hold, I do five kegels. And then when I get to the fifth, I hold that for the last 10 seconds. And the, the results have been incredible. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing because one day I thought, well, it's a good time to do that because I'm paying Perfect. attention. To That's what right. Doing. That's right. And there are so many benefits from the breathing. I always go back to the breathing. There are times when I get, you know, busy or lazy or whichever one and I skip it for a while, but I always come back to it. There are too many benefits for me not to do the breathing. And every time I do the breathing, I do the kegels. So it's working out great. In fact, my yeah, new. I have the same problem. I forget. My new habit stack, I really love. I do the breathing and the kegels while I'm in the infrared sauna. So I get it all done in 20 minutes. Killing a lot of birds with one stone. And and it actually, the sauna made the breathing more effective, and the breathing makes the sauna more effective. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for today. I appreciate the info. All right. That's all we need. Good stuff. All right. I'm going to wrap this up for today. We are all out of calls. I have a bunch of topics here, but I'll probably try to do some sort of a recording this week. Um, We are live this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, Friday is a recorded show. It will be part two from our recorded show this past Friday. Um, We will be on the road headed down to Anaheim. Not my favorite part of the country, um, but it's a really, really big health show that we don't want to miss. We're going to be meeting with a bunch of our vendors that will be there at the show that we haven't met yet, and we'll be looking for a lot of new vendors and products. So I'm pretty excited about it. Four of us from the company are going down. Um, So I will... Going to spend a good part of the rest of this week trying to put together a new mobile setup. I'm going to attempt to do my entire show from either a phone or an iPad while I'm gone. I'll take my laptop and everything else I need, my equipment, but I'm going to attempt to finally finish a true mobile setup for broadcasting, and uh, this will be a good chance to test it. So other than that... Uh, who do we have? Oh, you know, I, I think we have Paul Check coming back this week from the Czech Institute. I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be Wednesday. A um, lot of great stuff. I'm looking forward to talking with Paul. We haven't had him on the show since uh, the whole COVID disaster and the world changed. So really looking forward to getting his take on everything that's going on. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always the hard work and master the journey.